What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 151. Uh, first one into our fourth year, guys. That's, Yo, that's what's up. That's pretty I'm sick. your ho- host, Anthony Trapani, and I'm joined by resident homies as always. I got Casey Howard, Joseph K with us. What up, y'all? Yo. We're going to see the gorilla, Joel Horner, pretty soon. Got to wait for his Chiefs to finish playing football before he gets and talk gets on here and talks about some death metal but we'll see him soon uh tonight we're joined by stevie boyser what's going on dude yo how's it going man congrats on Thank four you. years by the way guys all three years but three, we start yeah. we're start we're kicking off our fourth year with you exactly yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah dude um yeah dude thank you so much for giving us your time you know you're you're uh in a different time zone so that's always uh um we're just always grateful for people to take time out of their lives, dude. And and you just told us you recently became a father. So mm-hmm. I know how tough, you know, home life is when that's happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, how many months are you guys into it? Uh, she's actually she'll be a year at the end of. This OK. Yeah. All right. So, so like literally, some... literally the, the day before tour starts is her birthday. Wow. <laughs> OK, well, at least yeah. you can you know kick off the first birthday before you take off exactly exactly be leaving home on a very very high note she's Hell a yeah. wonderful kid <laughs> totally dude and and it's uh it's really cool that you know facetime and all that stuff is available now back you know when we were touring uh, i i couldn't it was just over the phone stuff you know mm-hmm. or and and so i i think that for uh touring musicians for sure it's 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 easier to not feel as distant as you would be as a touring musician. Cause dude, uh, to be honest, dude, I, that was one of the main reasons why I stopped touring dude It is seeing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to discourage you from what you're about to do, you know, but I'm just saying <laughs> you're going to feel something on when you come back, you're going to see some changes. Oh, absolutely you know yeah and uh yeah so one month at that age it kind of it kind of is significant but at the same time it's like you got FaceTime, you got a, a instant you know visual that you can have you know yeah it's so. the easiest time in the history of humanity to you know <laughs> do do what do the thing and be on the road and also still be connected um, right. It is pretty cool because like when uh, my wife and I first started dating, um, we did the long distance thing because we met when I was on tour. And so um, her and I have done a really good job of establishing that kind of communication with each other mm-hmm. and stuff already. So we've already, already talked about with that. Yeah. How we can carry forward and stuff like that. So we can still have like some family time and like, you know, F- Flora and I can still see each other and, and talk to each other and I can see what's going on and you know they can hanging out with the uh the cryptopsy dudes real quick i want that just made me remember matt was telling me because he's a dad as well and mm-hmm. and i was asking him you know how how is that going for you and he uh made sure that every night he read a story nice. over facetime so yeah. just I, throwing uh, it in there you know if you want to mm-hmm. get some stories to go yeah. get ready for all those nights so i actually um i had this idea there's uh my my daughter loves to read books and so there's there's a couple that i pretty much read to her like every single day yeah i am going to uh i'm gonna track 
them before I go. I have like a, a sound picked out for the turn the page thing and stuff like that. Sweet. So there are a couple that I usually just do like silly voices for the characters and stuff like that. Ah, dude, so, you sound I'm just gonna... like you're, you're making me you're you're making me like excited because my all my kids aren't babies anymore, you know. But I still read, you know, we still read together. But yeah. um, you know, uh, Fox and Socks. I would challenge myself not only to uh, do the voices of the characters, but I also was in my head too. Like I, since it's such a challenging rhyme book, I mm-hmm. would challenge myself to not stumble on anything. So oh, I get through Fox and Socks without messing up anything that I was saying. And so I would get that gratification of getting through fox and socks uh-huh. plus i'm playing characters for the kids you know i feel like um, going through dr seuss books you like not stumbling over some of those rhymes and like the weird made up words and stuff like that it, it gets difficult dr <laughs> seuss was kind of a badass when it came to writing i know some of his books are probably you know not pc now for some people but you can't deny that that dude knew how to write a child's a children's book and and mm-hmm. really teach poetry and rhyming to kids like it, it was next level. So, yeah, dude, those those things are um, um, super cool to have that in the arsenal because, yeah, no matter what, there's going to be the distance. So but mm-hmm. and you got to think about this, dude, like touring musicians go out for a month, six weeks or whatever, and then they come back to their family. Um, I've been on cruise ships and I've talked to, you know, people that work on those cruise ships where they're out three months and then they get a month off back home and then they're back out three months again. So they're, and I'd be talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, dude, I just watched my daughter graduate over FaceTime. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But he li- his family is in the Philippines and he's making all this money mm. back to them. So it's like this trade off, but it's still, I mean, money is almost i mean yeah obviously for uh a a different country than the united states you know it's much easier to fucking live here than it is most places yeah um i i just think that like money isn't everything i i really enjoy the time with my family now dude Mm -hmm. if i if i can sacrifice you know some money in order it, it, trade it for time. I'd much rather have the time, dude. I, I definitely feel that. I've actually, uh, so I pretty much took this last year off of touring, um, aside from going to Canada uh, for a few performances that we had up there with the band. Um, and uh, there are definitely certain things that I'm not going to miss, uh, even mm-hmm. if it requires me like going home, you know, like staying up for two or three days at a time to make those flights and then do the thing and then make it back right. out to, to do my job and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of, uh, time off with my daughter, my wife and I, uh, I literally, I got home from tour. My wife and I had a day together and then the following day, uh, you know, we were welcoming her into the world. So it was uh, crazy, definitely dude. a wild ride. And, um, I had, paternity leave from work and she had maternity leave from work so uh we both got to stay home for um quite a while and you know really get a whole lot of bonding time the three of us and we did this cool thing at the beginning too where uh so that we were both able to get plenty of sleep 
um, we would hang out in the afternoons and the evenings, and then I would stay awake until about 6 a.m., you know, just because when they're first born, you got to feed them like every yeah. two hours, you know, yeah. and, and change their diaper and stuff. So in order for us to be able to like sleep properly and not turn into zombies, um, I would stay up until about six in the morning. And then at six, I would wake, uh, I'd wake Whitney up and then I would go to sleep and, you know, I'd sleep until like noon or whatever. And then we would, I would get up and we would spend the afternoons and the, the early evenings together. Right. Um, that way we were able to just be super present and just make sure that everything was taken care of. And I had, like I said, I had just come off tour. So staying up until six in the morning wasn't super terrible. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I was up until three or four anyways. Anyways. Yeah. So it was just those cool. Add two extra hours onto the end of it. And then we trade off. Right, dude. And you, you guys probably <laughs> added a lot more Zen to the whole situation by doing that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and cause obviously it's all about her and, and her, you know, the young one's schedule. So, <laughs> yep. I, and I've with three kids, I've experienced all three versions of what you could have. The first one, I, I thought we were golden, dude. He started sleeping seven hours after being only a month old. And nice. we were like, wait, yeah. what? Everybody's talking shit about being, you know, these, uh -huh. these times. I'm like, dude, <laughs> we're sleeping nice. And then we totally got that uh, karma on the second one mm -hmm. was up every hour and a half, you know? Brutal. And then my daughter came number three and she was like, all right, I'll, I'll be a little bit of both of that. You know, we'll, we'll even it out to where, but yeah, the, my middle Dominic, he definitely wasn't a sleeper. Yeah. We, but, um, we got the, the, the same treatment with the first one. So we're just one and one and done. <laughs> yeah. uh, you say that dude no there's going to be something that happens in like two in another year where you're going to be like hmm we just did all that. I think I kind of want to do it again. <laughs> it, it's going to happen, dude. That yeah. same switch that happened with you and when she was born, mm -hmm. there's another switch that like it. Nature tricks us, dude, to yeah. keep making humans. That's really what it is. I mean, that's, it's all that's, it's all about expanding the the species, dude. And yeah, that's kind of what we're all programmed to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I <laughs> fell for it three times, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm uh, kind of one shot, one kill kind of guy. So <laughs> it happens very easy. <laughs> all okay, right. I'm gonna now, hop in real all that fast. parenting in the beginning, dude. Let's uh, let's move into some death metal and some. All right, let's do the commercial shit. Battleforgecoffee.com, the homies and deeds of flesh, bringing you quality roasted coffee beans for you to grind up and brew to get yourself ready for the day or the evening however you prefer um go over there those guys it's good stuff they got swag all that stuff underground death metal mixed with coffee go there and then uh for us first time repping my own cali death podcast t-shirt i literally have not pretty cool shirts until this weekend which i gotta give props to the professor for bringing them up for me so now i can i can represent um wait i i just saw somebody talking about the mic sound is it my is my mic sounding weird uh during the uh during the coffee plug it like you were like 
waning a little bit, but you're back totally back to normal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I maybe I don't know what was going on. Anyways, guys, you want to buy uh Cali Death Podcast merch, go to calidethpodcast.bigcartel.com. That is where you can get this shirt or our classic logo uh t-shirt. They're both available there. Yeah. Cool. Um thank you for wearing it and i was happy to bring it to you and we should spend a little bit talking about uh the circumstances under which i was able to see you and deliver the shirts yeah dude i kind of wanted to wait for the gorilla for that because i we all Mm. were there together so hopefully his chiefs win the freaking game and then hopefully they lose and he's on here with a good attitude (laughs) but um but real fast i did find the um tour flyer and i want to throw it up and let stevie plug his own band's tour mm-hmm. uh it's oh, not hi. high quality unfortunately but it has the info there stevie if you can see that so yeah yeah. if you so, don't remember the you go ahead uh yeah in fury we're my, my band in fury we're about to hit our first headlining tour um uh, we've branded it rags to riffage um you know just yes. in uh in yes in good spirits fun name rolls right off the tongue i approve Uh, (laughs) yeah dude our we spent so much time trying to think of like we're like cool let's come up with something sick and it's just going to be our trademark headlining tour thing that we can do again and again and again nice uh, tell us the story real quick how'd you get so was it like you guys are just bouncing ideas and then who's the one who said it and then everybody's got big eyes like oh dude so we we spent so long just like idea after idea after idea throwing things in the group chat no that's not good enough no that's not uh you know whatever until uh our drummer spencer i guess uh one night he um hit the chat with it and all of us were just like oh fuck that's the one (laughs) dude that's the one (laughs) yeah so uh yeah we're we're uh gonna hit the road uh with first fragment summoning the lich and tomarum and it kicks off on the 28th of October in Chicago. Um, and uh, yeah, we're doing Chicago, Iowa City, Minneapolis, Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, Cooperino, Fresno, LA, Scottsdale, Albuquerque, Denver, Oklahoma City, Austin, Fort Worth, Houston, Mobile, Mobile. I don't know. Is somewhere in Alabama should be sick. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando, Atlanta. And then we're going to end at the end here in Nashville. Fuck yeah. Uh, so yeah. I just put it together, dude. Your your daughter was born a day after my birthday. I'm October 26th. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got a little Scorpio girl, dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. She, she's a wonderful kid. Uh, hell yeah. And then after that tour, uh, we're going to be home for a few days. And then we're flying over to the UK to play some shows with uh, Decapitated. Um, oh, for yeah. Their anniversary tour uh, for Nihility. They're going to be playing that record from front to back. Um, and we're going to be playing with them, Obscura and The Materia. And that oh, nice. very much looking forward to it as well. We've toured with Obscura before, and those guys are freaking awesome. Oh, Adaptated, yeah. Super sick. Uh, yeah, it's going to be perfect, a blast. dude. <laughs> Killer, dude. Where can people go buy merch right now if they want to buy a shirt right now? Uh, so we got a couple different things. We have a bunch of cool stuff over on Night Shift. A merch and uh we also have a number of things up on indie merch right now as well as the artisan era store so if you're looking for some sick inferior gear shirts uh cds vinyl uh hoodies stuff like that um you can hit any of those three spots and if you're looking for a specific link for that if you hit up any of our social media pages we've got it in the link tree that's in our bio sick dude yeah yeah go 
go support the homies. Those are great supporting bands on that Rags to Riffage lineup. I've seen all three of those bands. Actually, I have not seen Tomorum yet, but I've seen live footage and I, I I'm a big fan of those guys. But in general, summoning are amazing and first fragment, I got to play with them a couple times this year and they bring the heat. It's a really oh. cool little tech death tribute thing you got going on. Like yeah. Thanks, big man. names. So yeah. I, I caught first fragment when uh they were here with Grey Lotus um on, nice. on the end of that run and I'd been waiting to see them since twenty eighteen. Uh I actually flew across the states to go see i don't know if you guys heard about this it ended up being like this whole crazy ordeal um but originally they were supposed to play uh uh not st louis um louisville death fest in 2018 i want to say um or 2017 one or the other it ended up being this whole crazy thing but um first fragment ended up not being able to do the tour that they were on so but it was the one and only time i got to see in fury play so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I was super stoked on that it was before oh, yeah. i joined the band and uh yeah super oh stoked. interesting <laughs> well that raises some questions about how you joined the band and we could yeah and... hop in and totally ignore that somebody joined the podcast in the <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't like to be br- i mean when i pop in i don't want to be brought up it's fine Those we got the the, res- the the resident <laughs> homies are rounded out now we got joel horner up in here with us what's up, what Steve? up yeah. yo how's it going man? how's it going man doing well on you good good i was listening a little bit so i was you know new father scorpio yeah i was like watching <laughs> that my scorpio new father how's uh <laughs> how's uh, how's your uh your 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 chiefs doing oh wait we won hell yeah nice cool yeah. all right now you're we were, we were wondering what kind of mood you were going to come on in <laughs> it was a weird win so i'm just kind of like i'm like in between so i'm just kind of like yeah it was one but it's mm. a technical one but <laughs> that's awesome well sick dude oh steve um i want to ask you a question be not since joel's here we gotta we gotta air this out real quick joel joseph and i went to the great american music hall last night in san francisco and i had a a spiritual experience i don't know about you guys dude i was my whole day's been different I was fucking lost in the sauce, dude. That was yeah, insane. It was, so we I haven't had bang like that in so long. Just full blown, letting the hair go. I had to take my glasses off just so I could just go. It's funny when you were headbanging, actually, because I was. There was one point where because we kind of switched. We had like a cool spot right on the top on the kind of a balcony, and uh, so we, you know, when someone pissed, they would take the front. We'd kind of like right, rotate yeah. around. Yep. And we like, had a uh, right by the bar, right by the bathroom. Well, it was well I always like to get close to the sound booth because you know the sound booth can have the best sound, so it's like it's yeah. gonna have the most mm-hmm. even sound. It was kind of closer to that, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And then um, you were headbanging, and I was like, "Oh, Joseph's got great shampoo, dude. You got a good smell." <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought of that last night, like during, and I was like, it "Smells good, dude." That's, that's good. Cool. <laughs> it's been a while since it's really. So, Stevie, do you down. know? Do you know the band Igor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've seen a few of their music videos. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I haven't dove into their catalog deeply, mm-hmm. but holy crap! Like all the videos that I've seen from like their music videos, anyways, are like yeah. super nutty. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Definitely. It's it's uh. It, I still I I was like, how am I going to talk about this tonight? But I <laughs> I, I got to air it out just for so a cool. second. But it yeah, we've been uh we've been familiar with that group for quite some time and i call it a group but it really 
is there's the brain behind it all and i forget i should have had his name offhand but now it's he's a french composer dj dude that just he he has made something so great dude and and even though i had such a history with his catalog and listening to those albums um i was not ready for what happened last night yeah. i i thought i was i was like oh yeah dude igor we've been i've been bumping them for 12 years you know but no no it wasn't <laughs> that dude we were we were uh caught off guard in such the best way dude that's awesome. it was it was a a performance I, i'll call it performance of the year for me right now i, I we still got the rest Damn. of the year yeah it, mm -hmm. it'll be hard to top man it was yeah. really a highlight and uh it, it simultaneously had like the heaviest death metal at a show and the sickest like dubstep drop at a show like ever i was mm -hmm. just like it combined it and then there was like opera and it was like super cathartic like i was like into the vocals and then the guitar riffing and the drums were like really tight the and mix was perfect the mix yeah. was great and it was such a san fran nice. type venue and experience for me like perfect place to go see it you sounds like feel the history that, like, in that place just sort of satiates so many different quadrants of mm -hmm. the yeah, yeah 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 it's like Hell the yeah. vibe of the venue the, the the lights the people it was kind of like because like like what uh i mean i don't really agree with curtis about melt banana but uh <laughs> yeah, Joel didn't have the I, I connected with Melt Banana for sure, but then I go to Joel and he's like, mm, Yeah. Nah. I just I mean I, I mean I, I knew what Igor was and all these other bands were opening were kind of being like experimental too, and I was like, well, that's a swing and a miss. But it's funny <laughs> it's is that Melt Banana's been around for like 30 yeah, plus I know. years, you know. Yeah, it was that Japanese noise noise stuff. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it's just not my style. Like... The noise stuff. I'm just like, all right, yeah, I, I got your... it right off the bat. I was like, okay, you got a bunch of pedals, and you're gonna make like the guitars going. Well, some there's like a ridiculous. You can't deny they were performers too, though, dude. <laughs> ridiculous they definitely show. put on a performance. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, still dude, better than anime. <laughs> Ian's got my back, dude. Fucking uh, Dave wit or white hot i don't know how it's pronounced but he's been in like every sick grind band and he played with them sick dude. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i used to have one of the records like back in high school man i got that. yeah they did splits with the locust which that doesn't yeah. give them much more credit for most people that i talk to but that gives them more credit for me too did that tour like just start or is it uh it's at the last leg ah uh, okay okay yeah Wait, it's like going like, down south it's gonna hit nashville no, uh, I think it already did. I think it already. It's, it's uh, it's going down south now, California, and then it's. I think it's. Oh yeah, it's here on Saturday. We're hitting Thank Albuquerque you. on the no, so it's going kind of like yeah, it's going to Albuquerque on the sixteenth. I remember because I had, well, that's the last date. I think I yep. texted my brother. Was like, you got to go see. It. You got to check because he's like a DJ. Does like you know the dubstep EDM stuff. He was death metal in the beginning and went to that. And I'm like, this is both of those worlds. And you know, Jared Archaic and all those people, um, hanging out with them for so many years, um. They've been always trying to get me into like EDM stuff, and I've always been like, "It's cool, but it's like, just sounds, you know, it's a little too much, you know, Transformers having sex sounding for me. <laughs> like, it's just, like there's no like payoff for me. It's like, it's like, oh, it's a breakdown, like what they took from like the core band, like the heavy bands or suffocation or something, like building up to a breakdown and then the breakdown. It's like, all right, but there's no instruments, so there's no like payoff for me. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, well, 
Um, there have been DJs who have been trying to do this like heavy style of of stepping like dubstep for and like Borgor was like the bigger yeah. guy from, like 10 15 years ago but no hey, one until Igor Borgor, no one no, until no Igor do. yeah these gore guys yeah the, he no one had really pulled it off until Igor I feel like no one who had tried it has really nailed it until now and now he got the guy who like figured it out how it works and it's not just right. metal and dubstep it's like also like traditional opera and like weird Arab stuff too like he it's a you need more than just those two things and he's got Baroque. it all. I just learned how to pronounce that last night Baroque music <laughs> I was just like barbecue <laughs> it's like I love barbecue music it's my favorite <laughs> oh, no, barbecue. So music <laughs> <laughs> but one one thing that I noticed about that will stick with me forever about that show is like we were all shocked at the end of it, you know, because we were just so much like just fucking serotonin and we we're just like, what the fuck? And then we go outside and there's just people are going like, what the fuck? And everyone's like, what the Everybody. fuck? Everyone was saying it. Everyone's like, what the hell was that? So like, that's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, we went into uh, like a interdimensional time capsule dude or something like that like we got literally shut off from reality in there like hypnotism fully immersed fully sucked in nothing else mattered other than what was happening in those moments and i wasn't expecting that but it happened and i'm so glad that it did and i'm not trying to make this episode this much it's not the Igor episode. Maybe we'll get an Igor episode soon. <laughs> Maybe not soon, but one day. Um, I'd love to chat with that dude. Um, but yeah, dude. I, 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 that's why I wanted to bring him up. Into their catalog more. Because like I said, I've seen a couple music videos, but that's yeah. uh, that's kind of just it. Yeah. Dive in, dude. I might be, but yeah. Just um, thank you for driving, Joel, by the way. That was oh, nice. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean... I actually got fucked over on that because uh, we went to uh, Shakti and uh, Trevor was like, who's going to drive? And I was like, I just came from the, the wine festival, so I'm drunk. <laughs> and he's like, fuck <laughs> you. And so he had to drive to that. And he's like, well, you're going to drive to Igor then. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. And then like, and then we went to Shakti and we were only allowed one glass of wine. I'm like, sick, dude. Like, I could have totally <laughs> driven to that. And like, so I made, it was, uh, I made good use of not being the driver and got a couple drinks there. That was <laughs> sick but since i'm gonna take off soon can i just like say a little spiel okay so uh i love in fury you guys rule stevie you're a great vocalist um i've seen you guys i want to say you were singing with them like every time but i am not sure but the latest time i saw was on the shadow of intent enterprise earth run were you Mm -hmm. still singing for the yep the la show yeah yeah you guys stole that show away dude that was you guys were the best band i was just like you guys deserve to be the headliners and next thing you know you are headlining a tour so congrats and uh, oh yeah i yeah. really really appreciate that <laughs> yeah and uh, i'll always rep you guys and i'll try to catch this show when you roll through okay fuck yeah dude i'll, I'll keep an eye out for you so no speaking doubt. of enterprise earth i'm gonna go see my homie aaron play the drums for them right now and <laughs> i will fucking text you guys later really consider tomorrow night Please, yep. I have oh, yeah. open plus one. So I'm pretty down. I might go see Cannibal Corpse with Anthony tomorrow night. San Francisco, it, roll man. out. All right, Come. roll up and let's do cool. it. All right, cheers. Hey, Rock see on, buddy. All right. So, are you? Uh, actually, I have a question for you, Steve. I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's. Are you from Sacramento? No, I. Uh, I'm from. Well, uh, I spent most of my life in Colorado. Okay. So, uh, I came well, up in like the Denver metal scene, which was really okay. Cool. 
Because I remember seeing, I've seen you, I guess with Fury or maybe other bands or something, maybe. Um, uh... In the SAC area, I've been, probably the first time I was down there was with, uh, I was doing vocals for Vale of Noth for a few years. Oh, okay. Um, and that was then, it. Uh, <sighs> I'm pretty, I know Tethys hit the area as well, and then Infury's mm-hmm. been down there several times, so. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember you looked familiar when I saw you in, with Infury. I was like, oh, I, I swear I've seen him with another band. I'm, I think it was Vale of Noth. It was back in the... Uh, the like holy diver there's like these uh venues out there i think that was probably where i saw you but yeah it's awesome man that's good to see you uh with such an awesome band I mean, and shout out carrie gear i think is in the chat um yeah carrie i love borgor um he listened to your new album and he was like dude he was just like he doesn't brag about metal albums very often and he was like, like almost never actually and he was just fucking gushing over it and going like they did the perfect thing they did eight songs they're just in and out like i don't want to i don't want a long you know like fucking tech death album i want like i want my my food and i just like to get full and just like not like get overfilled you know because when you have a a, you know band like riff crazy band like you guys it sometimes can overwhelm like it's it's like an origin album like i don't i've never sat down and just like by myself just like i'm just gonna listen to a full or like i can take like bites I'm just trying to get like pummeled, and I'm like, all right, I, I, I need to run some depeche mode or something. I need to calm once, down. <laughs> once you're when you uh, when when you've got so much going on, it's like kind of uh, you know we we've learned over time that it's definitely better. Plus, if you if you give people a half hour, you give them a solid thirty to forty minutes, it's easier for them to enjoy it and digest it, and like you know figure out which parts they want to scream along with when you come through town and stuff like that. Plus, also like. You gotta keep more material for the next record. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're exactly. if you're just out there dropping an hour every, <laughs> every time you do the thing, not only are a, a, a number of people not going to make it to the very end, just because even if they dig it, like I mean, there example, I love Archspire. If Archspire put out an album that was an hour long, like I don't think I would make it all the way through in in a listen. I would probably yeah. have to, like you said, I'd have to break it up and take bites because there's so much cool stuff going on. And yeah. you know, like dense bands or uh, or or bands that don't have tons of repeating parts and stuff like that, like it takes more than a single listen for you to even go through and pick out all the stuff that you like. Definitely, so, you definitely. Know. I think it's a smart move. I mean, you have you know uh, Malcolm is a record label owner too, so he's probably like in on like what you should probably what the do's and don'ts you know more so than um the average person as far as like let's just do it you know because there's bands that are doing things where they're releasing one song then two songs and one song then two you know they're doing there's everything's different nowadays like as far as how structure and you know so that's cool i think that's uh just get right to the point give them what they want and then like you said if you have an hour of music you have another album if you you know if exactly. you want to just hold on to it it's like a good business choice too if you're like planning on being a touring band yeah that's so that's kind of uh one thing that we ended up doing with when we were sitting down and writing vile genesis it was um oh man i want to say like 2019 was kind of when it the stuff really first started to like vaguely come together mm-hmm. um and then 2020 happened uh and we weren't touring and we're like cool let's sit down and focus on finishing this album and we had much more material than we wanted so one thing that we did that was really cool is we took the songs that we wanted for vile genesis we collected them put them together and we're like all right this is a thing and then we had several other songs and um 
before we went to go track the album, we're like, hey, why don't we finish these songs? Um, that's where our EP of Sunless Realms came from, is they were songs that were written in the vastness of Vile Genesis, but they didn't quite, like, they didn't make the cut for the album for mm-hmm. some reason. And I honestly, of Sunless Realms is easily one of my favorite things that the band has ever done. Um, but, like, musically, those songs fit together better as a collective than they would have fit on the record interesting so, you know yeah, we decided yeah. we we didn't want to have an album that was like over 40 minutes so we continued writing and um one nice thing too is like we were able to release the ep give people some really cool stuff had a bunch of cool merch and stuff like that that came out alongside it um we literally released the ep uh the week that we went into the studio to record vile genesis so that's um, awesome yeah it was it was also kind of cool plus it like you know when when you when you put stuff out you will have like a, a depending on what your band's doing and stuff um mm-hmm. but you know it, it kind of allowed us to have a little more freedom in studio and like not have to worry about like bills and stuff like that because we're like cool we just did this thing put it out um and uh then we got to get to work on the record which was really sick that's super awesome that's definitely like uh yeah just a new way i mean there's a lot of uh, ideas that you guys are doing and stuff nowadays especially like i said earlier with like you know having um your guitar player like being on the pulse of what to do and how to how to maybe survive playing death metal you know like Mm -hmm. which sounds like such a completely like nonsense to me from my days because like it was like we'd get back like, all right, dude, here's 400 bucks. And you paid, it's like you put in 500 bucks of your own expenses in and you're negative and is it worth it? You know, it's like now there's, these are these creative ways of putting out music. And uh, I think, um, yeah, Death Metal's got to kind of find a way so we can get more bands to stick around and, and keep putting out stuff. Oh, absolutely, dude. And I mean, like Malcolm is very savvy with a lot of that stuff. So being able to have like his input and Mike's input and stuff like that um, has been really nice. But then also just kind of uh, also being with people that are not only artistically minded, but also like business savvy. And, yeah. you know, we're able to have those conversations about how um, how we should go about things so that we aren't like just wasting tons of our own money. And we're able to still get out and tour and do cool stuff and, uh, you know, really focus on making the band uh, a band that can deliver um, music to the level that we want, but then also make sure that like we are treating it like a job and that in turn, we're like getting paid. Like it's a job, you know, like the easiest way to, to burn people out and no longer get sick music is to just, you know, not be able to, uh, to, to support yourself or even like to support the band as an entity so that it can at least keep itself going, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, definitely well uh with all that um anthony let's bring it back to the uh, uh you're he's muted right now but um it's funny he keeps talking but uh <laughs> no one can hear you when you're not muted on the podcast <laughs> you need a, t- a technical you're, advisor you're, you're muted like on, on your end should we, should we pretend like what he's saying he's like what are you talking <laughs> about i don't I, i'm not muted i don't i totally not muted i didn't do it just like li- li- like lip read for him or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Translate. Like, I don't even know. Are you fucking serious right now? I didn't even yeah. do this. He's like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna... 
I don't even know. I don't even care what's going on right now. I don't know what's going on. You got to get, you got to get Gilbert, Michael, Michael Gilbert oh, from Stubborn yeah. Savior to help you out with the audio. Um, <laughs> Anthony loves being muted, dude. <laughs> I know he's not even <laughs> muted on here too. Um, so yeah, I'll do Anthony's question then. So basically, I'll try to. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to do this because he does <laughs> it every great. week. But yeah, just uh, yeah, take us back to what got you started in music and. What was kind of your first influence? Was it something you heard on the radio? Was it something your parents fed to you? Was it like, would Anthony would say a piece of art? Or would it be oh, like something uh, that like when you were a kid that you just were like, all right, I'm listening and this is now going to be kind of a thing for me? Oh, man. So I got introduced to metal in kind of a, a weird way. Um, I uh, was watching this Dragon Ball Z movie. And mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. called uh, Cooler's Revenge. It's about Frieza's okay. brother coming back to Earth to to attempt to do some stuff that he, uh, spoilers, he fails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that had uh, a few songs from like Deftones and Disturbed and oh, okay. Drowning Pool and stuff in it. And um, fuck, dude, I think at this point I was like 12, maybe 13. And I I pretty much only listened to like uh like hip-hop and um a little bit of stuff that my parents listened to uh which was kind of just like i think at the time my mom was like super in her like old school country phase mm -hmm. um but i remember hearing those songs and just being like dude what is this yeah so i went across the street to this kid that lived across the street from me uh shout out jake nix he hooked it up and gave me like Slipknot's first record and uh, Let Me Borrow, um, you know, self-titled album in Iowa and uh, Disturbed's first record and Drowning Pool's first record and stuff. And that kind of launched me into it. The thing uh -huh. that really got me trying to like sing along to it, though, is definitely Slipknot. Like that, that yeah. was the, the, the thing that did it for me. Um, their self-titled album in Iowa were like huge. Oh, yeah. For me, that was yeah. where I kind of started everything. And then... Um, when it got into like heavier music uh my freshman year of high school uh, a buddy of mine burned me a copy of uh it was like a an album that had two cds on it and the front half was cephalic carnages anomalies and the back half was origins echoes of decimation and that was like that was my introduction into like extreme metal so i went straight from like slipknot corn system of a down to like cephalic carnage and origin there Damn. was no no that, in between for me i was just that like, is fucking hilarious fuck? <laughs> i'm almost actually the same because uh i was really? listening to slipknot and you know because i went through the whole new metal going corn and stuff and then mm -hmm. slipknot self-title came out i've got the uh that vhs like welcome to the neighborhood at mm -hmm. uh at sam goody for five bucks it just came out and they were just like no one knew about them and it was five bucks and i was like oh nice. i keep so i just bought it and was like what the fuck is this and then um from there, my brother um, was friends with Cephalic. <laughs> so oh, cool. he was like, come check out my friend's band. They're playing down here. And I would just watch it as like a young, you know, just in my Slipknot phase. Was not going death metal yet at all. Was still, I would, I had a couple Deicide songs on my computer just to like show how hard I was to my friends. Just like, whatever, dude, you think that's sick? Here's Deicide. <laughs> that's like, a, I didn't like it. I was just like, dude, check this out. It's called you... Kill a Christian, dude. Check this out. And like, I would just, they'd be like, do you, they'd be like, I'll get freaked out kind of. And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking sick. Yeah. But then I would like literally would go hang out with fucking Cephalic. <laughs> like, was there, what, what was it? Uh, was there anything in, what was it about Cephalic that stuck out to you that like, um, it was like, well, to... 
I didn't really listen to them first, so it was uh, it was more seeing them live first. So oh, like, okay. um, we got to see them at the launch pad in New Mexico, maybe in two thousand one or something. Yeah, two thousand. They're they're yeah. a nutty live band. I know, and it was like back with the old bass player and stuff, which I love Nick, but the old bass player was, I have like I remember I saw them there once, and then Josh. I, yeah, Josh, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah, I love Josh. Yeah. The guy's fucking rad. Um. Like so basically saw them and saw how crazy and they were like moshing with their instruments and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like in the pit with the bass or Josh was in there with his bass, like going and, and moshing and, and watching Zach and Steve just go bananas. And I was like, like this man is fucking ridiculous. Like oh yeah. It it, it just was kind of over my head at the time. I just knew it was crazy, is all right. I really knew. And then I started uh, like listening. Yeah. Go ahead. For for me, it was like I mean, I, I didn't see them live first, but uh, like I said, I, I grew up in the Denver metal scene. So shortly, oh, there, I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen them Obviously. play so yeah. many times. Oh, I bet. Uh, but uh, I was like, how is their drummer that fast? Like at this point, oh, I was John. like, dude, Joey yeah. Jordanson's the best drummer in the world. man. Like <laughs> yeah. no one. And then, you know, I uh, I heard John Merriman and was like, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's that can't be one person. And he's just all chill. <laughs> he's just all like he's just all like. Yeah, dude, just up there in his flip flops, just like, (laughs) (laughs) insane, dude. I know, totally insane. Um, yeah, I feel super fortunate to have uh have grown up in that scene with those dudes. Yeah, and um, that's awesome. I got uh, I remember my the the first like actual band that I was in that was like out playing shows and stuff like that. Like they invited us to play a bunch of stuff with them all the time, which was really cool. And uh, my my drummer and i both did um like a little bit of guest stuff on uh one of the songs on misled by certainty and so that was like uh-huh. oh fuck yeah r- really big for us because we both really really were into cephalic carnage so yeah 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 that's that's so cool sick yeah they're, they're still one of the, like you know if you want to think about like we talked about igor earlier like they were kind of the igor of death metal for me they were like mm-hmm. combining all these styles and like There'd be parts where it'd be kind of like trippy Pink Floydy, and then back to like crazy grind, and then like heavy death metal, and then like they were, yeah, um, always experimenting and 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 watching them like with their videos and stuff, and they're just always having fun. They're always they're like the funniest dudes too. They're like super comedic, so mm-hmm. like you could actually tell that like they had like this comedy in their in their. And I love smiling. You know, I love like during music. I mean. The, when I was a kid, like the, probably the second time I ever, or, sorry, probably the first time I ever saw him in California when I was actually had just joined Odious, um, I was sitting there and we were watching them with All Shall Perish in like some some shed, some I don't even know, some tiny place. And uh, I remember I was on the side of the stage like watching him, and then all of a sudden I look and I don't see Josh anymore, and I'm like, oh, where the fuck did the bass player go? I was like completely confused, and all of a sudden my back just starts getting pounded, like, <laughs> and it's just him head banging his head into my back <laughs> and i'm just like what the fuck and he's all like drags me into the pit and stuff like while he's playing mm-hmm. i'm just like this fucking band man i mean it's had a biggest grin on my face i'm like this is the funniest because i like the because death metal was really you know like you know you know speaking of deicide that i mentioned earlier cannibal corpse it's all like like it's very serious, serious yeah, yeah it's all, like, cross your arms make mm-hmm. a scowl and they were just like fuck it wackiness and i was like I need I needed that because I'm I'm a big comedy fan too. I love like like I'm just a follow comedy like art I guess artists comedians. I'm yeah. like just oh, a big dude, like I do bands. You know, stand up so. is stand up is amazing. Like it's a yeah. it's a like checking out different comics is a great way to just kind of like live someone else's thought process. 
for yeah. a little while and like yep. you know if you, those those punches come out the punchlines can come out of nowhere it's it's great and sometimes they like they completely become parallel with yours too you're mm-hmm. like oh my god that's exactly how i think about that you know yep and and that's kind of the connection to comedy that i i absolutely love it's like when it becomes like your everyday life and it's these thoughts that you have like uh and like you kind of make a joke out about like about it and then they're they actually make the joke about it you're like yeah. oh my god things like, things that you maybe like you have a little bit of internal dialogue about but you don't actually exactly. voice to people or exactly. you know something that you might have expressed a little bit but they take the idea and just like push it all make the it way so much into better. fruition. Yeah, yeah yeah it's like having a riff like i'm like Dude, i got this kind of i got this riff with this like add nine just like a riff mm-hmm. And then, like, oh, and you hear like someone else do it, and you're like, "Oh, that's a way better idea." What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You Dude, know, it's it's really crazy. So, like, I nowhere near as good as the people that I am in bands with. All right, but I, I play a bit of guitar and I play bass, and like, uh-huh. it's happened a couple times where I'll, I'll have an idea and I'll kind of get it out a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I'll hear like the like the melody that i'm trying to do come out somewhere else and i'm like oh my god they did it like, that's the thing like <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's super exciting it kind of sucks because then you're like oh well like you know i kind of have to abandon this thing that i'm working on yeah Otherwise, yeah it's yeah it's gonna be ripping off like this thing but like it is really satisfying to like hear someone take a little thing and like fully flesh it out and and realize it so I'm actually interested too. Uh, so you said going from like Slipknot to like Sophalic and Origin and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like what was so for me? I remember it was kind of more gradual. I had to like go to the Cannibal. I had to go to the DS. I had to like slowly walk over. Um, like I didn't have those options available. Really, I had Sophalic, I guess, through my brother and stuff. But mm-hmm. I was like more, I guess, because I remember with Slipknot, I was. I remember being on the school bus. And showing it to a friend and being like, dude, they're like death rapping. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, I was yeah. with that, that song spit it out. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, it's like death metal rapping. Like, what the fuck is going on? And they're just like, whoa. And everyone's like kind of like slowly getting into it and stuff. So it was kind of like through the vocals. I wasn't even the drums were just fast to me. I didn't even understand blast beats. I didn't know what was going on. Um, what was it that kind of took took you from Slipknot to just be open minded to were you just because there was all the stuff available? Because how old are you? Uh, I am 34. Okay. So So, uh, I'm 39. I kind of hopped into like extreme metal in like 2004, 2005. Okay. um, Okay. Right around there. And yeah, yeah. uh, that's about me too. Yeah. 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 I think the the thing that like, like I said, I think the thing that really hooked me at first was the drums. I was just like, how is this? Okay. How is this humanly possible? Especially like once I started listening to origin, I was just like, this is this two dudes yeah like, <laughs> what's what's going on the singer plays drums too um, no, yeah. how would that be if you had like two drummers synced up like you know i know i've, I've always i've always kind of sound. wondered what it would be like if like two dudes that were really sick like uh a, a naveen k and a, a spencer moore like took kits and tuned their heads uh <laughs> yeah. melodically yeah, so yeah. they were like harmonious like yeah harmonious. exactly yeah, yeah. exactly and and could do some really <laughs> sick shit like that i'm sure someone's done it but i've just i haven't seen anything like they could that do yet. like a, like an iron maiden like it's gotta be it's gotta be it's gotta be more than that yeah I've, yeah I've seen like gospel drummers and stuff like that that will like yeah kind of like trade off and and riff off oh, of yeah. each other and kind of do it but like oh, yeah i don't know it, it could be really sick to see people um do something like that like between the buried and me and their last record had a thing that was sort of 
like similar to that idea where one of their songs had a bunch of drum solos back to back to back. And yeah, yeah. Like one of them was Blake Richardson, one of them was Naveen. Oh yeah, a, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah, other yeah. people that hopped yeah. in. Yeah, no, Naveen was living here, like kind of down the street from me when he did that. I was, he's like, oh, ran, okay. like Sick. matter of fact, just going like, oh yeah, I did like a BT Bam thing. <laughs> like, like didn't even like fucking like it was just like, oh, I took a piss, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, I ate some lunch today. I know. Yeah. I know Him what Casey's yeah. gonna bring up though. Casey, you're gonna say uh, King Crimson, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, <laughs> do. Well, that's the classic example, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the live, they still did it, like, when I saw them a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, oh. exactly, yeah. Do, do you guys drummers. know the band Tortoise? You heard Tortoise? Before? Oh, they're, are no. they a proggy band? Kind of, yeah. Like, I think they're from Chicago area. Like, uh, I forgot the, the name of, the, of their label. Um, but, yeah, basically, is it Thrill Jockey? Is that their I can't remember which which one it is. But, yeah, dude, they're, they're awesome. They're, like, kind of, like, fusion crazy jazzy kind of stuff but it's like electronic and it's like mm -hmm. a little bit jazzy but not like a lot i don't know it's like very interesting music but they do a lot of cool like do like double drummer stuff and they've you know done it like for like a long time it's pretty cool i've seen them like a few different times like for like 20 years ago and shit you know yeah but well, tool does like, it too, i feel right? like uh i feel I like jason know. from warforged has mentioned them to me but i don't know if i've ever listened to them yeah, it sounds yeah. like Jason, Jason Van is going like, dude, you fucking heard a tortoise, dude? <laughs> yeah. I could see him saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> you, you guys ever heard of some tortoise? <laughs> His voice is hard to... He is, a, he is a natural... I mean, when I was podcast and stuff, I'm like, he's got a natural fucking, like, DJ oh, yeah. voice. Mm -hmm. Oh, know? dude, yeah. I, I love Jason. He's Yeah, yeah. He's, awesome, like, dude. completely just... With just that whole podcast, it was just like, he would just bring like, hey, what are you... He was like, I remember hearing, like, a voice like that when I was a kid on, like, like the local radio station around here, and I'm just like, dude, you got to keep that going. Mm -hmm. But uh, yo, you're some pulling up some torts, some torts, some tort, get your tortellinis going. Uh, uh okay, real jockeys, the label I was talking about, yeah, nice. Um, that's like the main, I think that's the main guy. So there's, so there's two drummers in the band, like that are full time. Oh, yeah, they, they, I mean, every time I've seen them, they've had two drummers, like not like every song and stuff, but they, they all switch yeah, yeah. off. And shit. That's yeah. sick. They're you cool. just said this, this whole conversation came from origin going like dude it sounds like they have two drummers dude. yeah i'm like you were like <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the like, thing that got me about them and then i kind of started noticing more about like guitar work and stuff vocals were what kind of came in last um for me uh but that kind of when i started learning like death metal songs like origin was kind of sort of mm -hmm. where where i started um was uh like reciprocal i remember i would oh, practice yeah. that song over and over and over again and like if i fucked up somewhere i would like stop and go back to the beginning and do it again i have a really and, funny uh, story about that actually because yeah. uh brain drill was practicing it was next it was like my the room over for me I was like, hey kitty <laughs> that's birdie dude can you guys hear me yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but uh let me just finish the story of it but uh, so Brain Drill was like right in the middle because this is like I forgot about this completely. But uh, they were so my room was like you know its own deal. Then I had uh, Dylan's room was right across from me, and then we decrepit Nodius practice in the living room. Mm -hmm. So it was like uh, Brain Drill. I remember they just like were like, oh shit, there's a new song that Origin released, and it was reciprocal. And they were just like they were all sitting like around my computer, just like listening to it, and they were just like, 
oh dude it sounds like our riff dude they were like that that one that dude we have that riff dude they were like all like pissed and i was like i was just watching them whatever they don't exist anymore so i could, I could say that but uh no i remember yeah. just watching them just like their reaction to it just like all like around my computer i'm just like watching them going like oh what <laughs> like Mm -hmm. just, uh, but that song jesus man that's still that's probably my favorite song by origin like if i want to i just love hearing that song i don't yeah. know something about that song that just completely brings me back to a time it's got like a little little uh turkey getting shot by a by a machine gun sound yeah the, uh, <laughs> the, the gobbles uh the gobbles <laughs> that one like so echoes of decimation is still my favorite yeah yeah that's and up there for uh sure. Favorite track definitely tied between Reciprocal and the title track because the title track for Echoes is just so sick. And I remember when I like first heard it, like I never thought I didn't even think about like, oh, yeah, their guitar player and their bass player are doing backup vocals. I thought it was all just the one dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when I when I learned the song, I fucking drilled it and forced myself to do oh, the whole like the backup spots and the regular things just one after another going and going and like oh like that that stuff's tough <laughs> you just swallowed because you're like fuck you're thinking about your voice the, yeah. the pain you put your voice through as you hold that i uh I, I, yeah i have a i have a i don't know man i like i, I feel like that influenced a lot of how I write stuff too, because even with how I write a lot of the in theory stuff, I've noticed that I tend to write really long running patterns. Mm -hmm. And um, it's something that's fun and challenging for me. Plus, like, I, I feel like it totally fits like the the band that I'm in now. So it just kind of is a, a wonderful marriage. I'm sorry me. if he I'm sorry if he got to this while I was gone, Stevie, but are you uh, the lyrics writer for the band or is um, it I write the I write the majority of the lyrics, so okay. Malcolm helps here and there. And uh, but like, um, for, so, for example, for Sunless, like I wrote uh, three of the songs. Malcolm wrote the majority of one of them, and then I filled in all of the bits and pieces. Um, mm -hmm. For Vile, we did something similar where uh, he wrote um, most of the lyrics for the closing track. Um, I sort of filled in some spots. And then uh, I wrote the lyrics for the rest of the record. And then there were a couple songs where he's like, hey, let's um, I noticed you don't have anything going on here. Let's add something kind of like this. And so he would like, you know, just kind of like sweeten spots over the course mm -hmm. of the record or him and I would would go back and forth on some stuff until we got it sounding the way that we wanted it to. But right. Uh, predominantly, yeah, I, I write them the majority of it and come up with like the concepts and stuff like that. The reason why I brought that up is because I've I've hit that situation many a times writing mm -hmm. where you have so much that you want to write or say, and then you're faced with a finite amount of space and time that you have to fit those words in, you know, mm -hmm. so. And you're saying you 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 challenge yourself with these longer running um, sections and and rhythms and um, I I always attributed my writing to like what I'm actually capable of you know in once I finally try and put the words the words are always going to be way more than what actually ends up on the record at least for me you end up you know trimming the fat until you really fit things exactly the way you want but 
I, I we, to bring it back to like art spired that that is like no we're gonna fit every single thing that we want to say oh and, tech, yeah tech nine it Dude, <laughs> yeah Ollie, exactly Ollie is a freak and uh it, yeah it, it's it's it makes me feel like a piece of shit when i listen to that guy <laughs> just because i love and and again i'm i'm I had a FOMO moment while I was having my technical difficulties because you guys started in on the hip hop, you started in on the new metal and you guys weren't able to talk about the hip hop, I'm sure. And I'm like, fuck, he had a hip hop history. I should be in there and fucking talking about it right now because I love chopping it up and I like lyrics and I like, you yeah. know, That's witty shit and, and rappers that are spitting real, real fast, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, not all like you know the bone thugs and harmony is probably the reason main reason why I busy bone see i know my stuff yeah what up so shout out to crazy bone he's actually in the, the hospital crazy bone? Right now oh yeah. okay, okay. Oh, is another yeah. one another bone i don't know the details but i just heard he's <laughs> in the hospital right now so positive oh, vibes to crazy bone um but yeah, so like the chopping it up and 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 then I hear this Arspire dude and I'm like, oh man, I, there's something that I wish I could do that I would never be able to do. But like, I don't know why I'm, I, it was tying in what we were talking about earlier, but yeah. really it's all about you. And and so what are um, some techniques that you use to, um, you know, be able to do as many death metal syllables in one little space with two lungs and your voice dude. <laughs> like um honestly like so it, it's kind of just all about like like the economy of breath and yeah uh, just sort of having having that control over how much air you're allowing to escape um but then also being able to uh being able to sustain so like I I mean I I used to do much more cardio than I do now. Uh I'm actually starting to ramp up on it since we're about to do um this headlining tour and we're going to be playing a much longer set than we've ever played before. So just to make sure that I don't get like winded part of the way through the set and I'm like, "All right, I'm going to switch to stand here and uh do vocals and not be that entertaining cuz like I really enjoy like just fucking going nuts and headbanging right. like crazy and being all over the stage and stuff like that. So I don't want to have to sacrifice the performance aspect of things. So, um, yeah, just trying to stay on top of cardio stuff. And uh, one thing that I know really helps me is I don't like running, but I love jump roping. So a there lot of go. times when I jump rope, sometimes I'll like have either the set playing in my ear or just like songs that I like in general. And as I'm jump roping, I'll just like speak along with the vocalist so mm -hmm. you know it's not the same mm -hmm. intensity as like sitting right. with a mic and like doing the rapping or like doing the death metal vocals or anything like that no you but wouldn't want to be doing still, that while you're jumping yeah yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i mean you could try it but you would probably wouldn't probably hate it <laughs> you're talking about you know stamina and and prolong being able to do something for a long period of time yeah you could I know you're capable of it. If I really try to, we can jump rope together and maybe get a few, you know, minutes of death metal vocals out before we're just gassed, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but I know what you're saying. It's like su sustaining it and, and having the stamina and just still expelling the, 
the air to vibrate your vocal cords enough while you're doing a you know a cardio type thing which mm-hmm. would be similar to running around and jumping on jumping around on stage plus the thing that that the cardio really helps with too is like i find that like when you're just especially like practicing vocals with a band feels so much different than practicing on your own. I feel like when yes. you practice on your own, it's so difficult it's to like stupid. get the adrenaline going. You feel going. like a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> growling in my car, I never get comfortable with it, but I'm trying because <laughs> yeah. that's the only way I could do it right now. So I have I have like a booth at home um, that my wife actually made for me one day when I was at work in the closet under our stairs, uh, which is it's like the perfect amount of room for me to just like have you know my monitor in there and like set up my mic and everything and Mm -hmm. um it's isolated enough that if i want to demo out ideas or track stuff i can go ahead and do it in there and not have to worry about sounds bleeding in or anything right Um, but i found that like one thing that i enjoy about doing like the jump rope thing and using that for like breath control too is while you're doing that like your body starts pumping out adrenaline and Mm -hmm. i feel like your Mm -hmm. response to like how you throttle your breath is so much different when you're when you're like getting those adrenaline spikes versus when you're just in a room by yourself with like headphones on and you know doing the thing totally Um, and you get so you get to uh yeah because that's that i think that that would be what you're talking about is something that as us vocalists uh, if not paying attention to that or live your adrenaline gets the best of you yeah, you may have a shitty monitor that you can really yourself. And so all that ties into it as well. And so, yeah, having a adrenaline makes you project much makes you gas out. Yep. So the whole thing. Like, we only have a, 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 a expelling everything out of throughout. Uh, is it? Really? My mic's fucking in? Yeah, I know. Okay. Just like I, every time I look at the chats, it's gonna throw me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. We we, we go out there with the full gas tank and how much we burn off. Uh, it, all those factors are in there, and so doing that, you're 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 preparing yourself for those situations where you may have an adrenaline as well and know how to um immediately assess that situation a lot faster than you would if you're just dude that's just gonna burn out his adrenaline the whole yeah exactly it it just teach it teaches you how to like stay in control when your brain is like go 150 percent now like you know like it kind of helps you uh helps you keep the reins yeah Yeah. and crowd just fucking crowd we'll just like no matter how many times you practice to like a because back in you know the decrepit days with me and casey and stuff we just went off feel but we were like all right we'll slow it down a little bit then we had like the whole running all those drums up there to like play like um just like there's a big show we're playing it's like sold out or something and we're like we're like oh f- like when we're, it's not like our fucking living room anymore mm-hmm. and now we're having to go play a show it's now become this thing like all right oh shit what's going on oh this thing's wrong oh shit we got to do this oh shit we have three minutes all yeah. right and then before you know it, we're like, we're, I mean, and I have like, basically it feels slow to me. And like when we're playing, yeah. like, oh, yeah. and I'm just, and we listen to, we'd be like the next day, cause we were like on like summer slaughters or something like that. We'd like 
watch the videos on YouTube. We're like, dude, we're fucking flying. <laughs> we had no idea on stage that anything was different. We just yeah, we, time we is the energy of the stress of like getting things together and getting it all like, all right, you guys ready? Like literally like Casey would be like tying up his like last thing and he'd be like, all right, all right, and just go into a song. It was like, yeah. it was that much like preparation that we had. It was Dude, nothing. It's, it's wild. It's like sometimes when you're on stage too, you kind of have like that out of body experience. Yeah. And you kind of seeking it. Oh, dude. For yeah. Me, for me, that's what I, I, I hate when I'm aware of myself on stage. So yeah. I, I try yeah. to just kind of like, you know, get myself going a little back and forth and like sort of like trance myself. And I'm just like, I know the set. Low yeah. state, dude. That's whatever crazy. I say between yeah. songs is going to be whatever I say between songs. Whoever I pick out from the crowd to start, you know, freaking circle pits or, or like, you know, like start bouncing up and down and stuff like that is whatever. I'm just going to let everything come off the top. And I try to just like, uh, you know, handle it like Bruce Banner, like just you're like fucking such in a flow wake state, up, wake just... up the Hulk and just try yeah. to, to sit you're back such in a flow state. You just go like, what's happens. up with you guys like microwave socks? Uh, I like food. <laughs> Uh, I mean, in the winter, I bet microwave socks would actually be beneficial, dude. Dude, pro probably. You know what I miss, man? <laughs> About not get, like being able to jam like in a regular band, like like practice, like you know, like weekly kind of thing. Like we do. And this we had it in our living room. Like we yeah. were just like people would show up to our living room, and like maybe a couple of people would show up to hang out, and we just like went to start amsel facing Casey, yeah. and just like. It's like a fun hang. It was like I miss that mm -hmm. so much. I miss having like a jams like, are the best, dude. Like mm -hmm. like like a wall. Like as a drummer, I just have like, like a wall of like amps and amps and musicians playing. You know, the amps just like three. Everybody people, looking at you. Three or four people like you know whatever like in the band and just me and then and just like you just like have this like music thing you can just take around and just like it's it's like you're a unit you know and you practice yeah. all the time and you just feel like you know like used to it and i mean look cool at you feeling. for cues too like i would so yeah. much like having a team or something like a i would find my like, place go team. yeah go team go. quicker yeah yeah exactly do you feel like a subway sandwich artist sometimes though because like we're all like you know like when you go to like subway or chipotle like you, you're like sitting there and you're watching them like put the shit in like all right don't Dude. Don't put too much, don't put too little in. You better... Oh fuck, dude! You <laughs> it's like jalapenos. Like, I, I try to like at San, uh, when I go to like get a one of those places where they're making like a deli's making a sandwich or something. I try not to look because I'm like I feel them like like I I put myself in their position. So I'm like I wouldn't want people to just watch every move I make. Like like oh dude, you didn't put enough meat, dude. What's going? What's going? You know, I hear people say that in line. Just go like, can you put a little bit extra chicken in there? I'm just like yeah. it's like staring at everything you're doing. Like I'm not staring at Matt or at the time I wasn't staring at Matt or I wasn't staring at whoever was playing guitar at the other time. I was like I was staring. We were all looking at you. Like you were the, you were just like under the microscope, just like uh, in in the fishbowl. Like was that was that right. that was never stressful for you? That to me that'd be stressful. Oh. No, I think that we were just vibing, dude. Yeah, Casey didn't care. He just was uh, catching the well, vibe. No. Dude. It was, it was just like, like when you're that locked in as a band, especially like, I mean, it's cool to like join other bands and people like, and they learn the set, and that's all sick and everything. But like when you're in a band, it's like, do we? We've been practicing for like two years every yeah. thursday and yeah. every sunday or whatever or whatever mm -hmm. like, yeah to credit, but it was like a lot more than that but yeah but oh, yeah he's got like one maybe just, two days a week yeah but you just do. get like this cool like 
it's like this unit like you just confidently can just play the it's like you have this thing to present like it's like we can just take this and and so like so like the whole idea of like being on stage and in that weird state like her flow state like i always kind of thought it was like no matter what the stage is i'm just there in that unit with my friends we're just mm -hmm. a practice kind of doing our thing that we're performing but really like i'm not focused mm -hmm. like 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 like, we're, like where the stage ends is kind of like that's like our, our bubble and we're just kind of yeah. staying in that and it doesn't really matter how big the crowd is or outside of that it's like or at least being like able to play or like oh just like focusing on we're, we're jamming like we're playing in this like space and if it's huge then how do we pull that in so we're like still playing together like i'm, I'm not just playing my parts by myself and I don't yeah. think it was the smartest way to practice because like in the grand scheme of things, because like when you get those stages where you can't hear, like you can't hear us at all. Yeah. We don't have amps but, like facing you and stuff. But and when you're not, not using backing tracks or click tracks or anything, you kind of just have to deal with that. Like it's like, yeah, if funny. I don't hear you, I don't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I know the song. I'm just going to do the song. It, you just got to pulse it out, right? If you got yeah. Dennis, like that Dennis, one, he, yeah, he just plays it with no. He could That's play crazy. without anybody. That's sick. yeah. Yeah, or, weird but there are, or you know, Steber uh, is, is also a guy who's like just fucking. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, Gabe's keep up because awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing oh, my part. I know mm -hmm. Gabe gets it memorized. Like I've, I've talked about it before on the podcast, going to Nam with him from Sacramento, and yeah, we're just in a van. He's like, I'm gonna play with a. Uh, I think uh, I forget what band he was gonna play with, but he's like, we just had to listen to that the whole drive from sacramento to la <laughs> and he's all sorry dude like i gotta like get this down like i get i'm totally down but like at the same time like when we show up to the venue i'm like i fucking hate this band i don't want to hear this i'm taking today. a i'm taking like a hard step on that because i i feel like i missed something and i don't know if you guys talked about it at all but stevie i want to know about your past dude did you guys know no, we, we, we were getting in that so you were he was into so yeah he went to, to like slip i heard iowa slipknot. and i heard hip-hop and i was like ah it's not well, then so you yeah. so actually this is where oh, we yeah. left off the origin and yeah. origins of all carnage you got introduced to and that kind but of no like, okay that's movement. but that's even i don't even want to know about that i want to know about before that I want to know about because you said something Dragon about your parents, music. You didn't really oh, yeah, yeah. your parents' music, so I want to know about your parents. Stuff. This is what so the, in the, house? the the stuff that my my mom was like really into. Uh, like uh, she was in her like country phase, so I heard like I know like like I'm I don't hate country, but it's just something that I'm like not you know I never if if it's on yeah. cool whatever especially if it's older but like I, it's yeah, yeah. That very I similar answer towards. to my. But um, in country too, dude. It's like I, I don't, I can't say I hate it, but yeah. And I mean, like, there's there's some older stuff that I think is like good, even. But it's just never a thing that I'm like. I'm How old are you, by the George way? Straight. I am. I'm 34. Okay. Um, and so right. I know like hundreds of 80s and 90s country songs because that's like what my mom was super into. Mm -hmm. Um, if young I was country. Hanging, yeah. If I was hanging out with my my dad, uh. He was much I'm more in, into uh, hip hop. Oh, dude, that's that's my that is like that's my a jam, mom. right? That's, that's my mom jam. and my stepdad's like that's their song. And dude, so I'm carrying yeah. your love with me. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, West Virginia down, down to, to Tennessee. Tennessee. That's yeah. where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then my my dad was uh, much more into like hip hop and R and B. Um, what, and, what, uh, okay, give me a few on the hip hop too. Like, uh, what's going on? 
so like I, I mean the things that he listened to that like really stuck out to me were like dr dre and eminem and oh, uh, yeah. snoop dogg and like so the chronic 2001 oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. um and uh i remember somehow oh dude i think i was in i was in texas so i was in like fifth grade and my sister who was living in colorado had bought um eminem's first two records and my mom didn't like them so she sent them to me so my mom wouldn't throw them away and so <laughs> i remember in this package that my mom sent me there were also those two cds and then uh Ludacris's word of mouth and those were All like right. my my first like hip-hop records were just like eminem's first two records and then word of mouth yeah which like all three of those albums are incredible. Like, I think, in my opinion, I think that's Ludacris's best album. Like, every song is a banger. I don't skip anything going from from front to back of that. Um, have you dove a little bit? For, I don't want to go f too hard into it, but have you gone backwards in time and gone to, like, the 90s, tried to dabble in some mid-90s, early 90s hip-hop? Um, yeah, I mean, like, like that. I guess that would have been, like... Uh, probably like tupac and biggie and stuff like that just okay a, yeah, a yeah. little bit more of just kind of like whatever was Any on the radio shit? actually no that was a band or i guess group that was a group that i like really didn't dive further into until like i was in like maybe high school uh-huh um because i sort of had this resurgence with hip-hop in high school where i kind of just listened to to metal for a while and um then someone showed me tech nine and i was like huh yep gotta what? pay attention again <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, uh He's a fan. started listening what to up? that and uh and and kind of just sort of rolled back into that culture and picked up a few things that i had missed uh al along the way and Hell yeah. um yeah so that's high school so but all right let's did we talk about um when you decided to start playing an instrument uh briefly so for me the thing that got me into vocals was um like slipknot really was was the catalyst that started everything else and then i kind of got into heavier bands and was like how the hell do you do that and just kind of you know would sit in my room listening to echoes of decimation and try to like mimic what james lee was doing uh, right as well as i could anyways <laughs> you and you and i are very similar dude already with the country and the hip-hop and yeah. slipknot being one of the things that got you on the mic and all that shit dude it it's crazy how things can be so parallel dude and i'm now i'm like interested to see where it went past so when was like the first time you started jamming with people uh the first band that i jammed with um was actually with uh Oh man, we we never really ended up doing anything, but it was like my sophomore year, or well, no, like my freshman year of high school. Um, mm -hmm. I, I jammed with these dudes that I went to middle school with, and I remember I would walk like a few miles to this place where they would practice, and we kind of just like shittily did the thing. And then sophomore yeah. year, there was uh, another group of dudes. Um, that what was the name of that first group? Did you have a name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The very first one ever was called uh, Dark Monolith. Was... hell yeah dude <laughs> mine was flatline dude flatline hell yeah uh and then the the second one we stole our name from a morbid angel song and we called ourselves desolate ways um, nice that's a good that's actually a good band name i ended up playing uh one show with those dudes or part of a show with those dudes 
Um, and that was kind of it. It sort of fell apart. And then I joined the first band that I was in that actually started playing shows and doing shit, which serious, was yeah. called Calculating Genocide. And um, uh, first time I actually recorded music with a band uh, was still when I was in high school. I think I was like 16 or 17 when I joined. And we recorded um, just a little self-titled four-song EP. And based off that and all the other stuff that we had written for the record that we were working on, um, we just started playing a bunch of shows, got familiar with being on stage, which was a bit of a challenge because I was like painfully shy, like super, super shy. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that kind of forced me to come out of my shell a little bit. Right. Like, I, I literally don't remember the first several shows that we played. Like I would get on stage and then I feel like I would just kind of black out and I would come to later in the night and be like, how was it? Like, oh, you guys were really sick. It was like, okay, cool. Did, and you guys had already happened. recorded before those? those? Um, no, we played. We played a couple. Uh, we played like a couple song or a couple smaller shows and stuff like that. And then we. So did you get out of that like that stage of of stage fright and, and blacking out the the set and then record, or did you already have the demo? Uh, we didn't have the demo. So we okay. the first the first couple things that we uh, played. Um, we kind of just like did, they had, uh, like a demo that they had done that was just an instrumental from before I had joined the band. Um, mm -hmm. and that's kind of something that they would shop as a way for us to like try to hop on shows. But then, you know, at that point too, it was, it was all on MySpace. So we were just kind of like trying to like network with people that way and hop on things mm -hmm. and, uh, played, played a couple shows. And then we recorded, um, we recorded two songs and then two more later on and released it is just like a four song demo, uh, which was really cool. And like, honestly, like, I don't know, lo even looking back on it, it's the songs are pretty freaking wild, especially considering was, that, that we were be all my... like 16 and 17 when we did it. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was how cool did you feel after having that recording, dude? Oh, dude, I, I was I mean, so I, I, if I look back <laughs> on my shit, I'm like, yeah, that shit you know it's not really that good but i still like enjoyed the process it's it's good enough sounding i don't have a copy of it anymore but i remember being like a good sounding demo and you're like oh dude we put it together you know mm -hmm. and and then you have this nostalgia frozen in time right there i yeah. wish i had the tape i i could hit my old drummer up and i guarantee he has it but I'm kind of scared to listen to it now. <laughs> uh, dude, I see. I, I feel like that's where I kind of got lucky is like our first our recordings, like they don't sound spectacular, but they're like clear enough that you can hear everything. And yeah, um, I, I don't know, dude, I there's a I, I feel like I kind of just got really lucky with the dudes that I fell into. And I, I even mm -hmm. remember like mm -hmm. my, my buddy, Chris, who was the drummer of that band, him and I had uh, electronics class together. And um, I had watched them play at this like battle of the bands thing uh, at a, just like a, a small local place. Um, and I knew that their vocalist quit. There's another dude that we were in high school with left the band. And I remember approaching Chris one day and being like, Hey dude, like, I heard that you guys need a vocalist. This is something I've been like working on. Uh, I'd like to to try out for your band. And he was kind of just like, "Nah, dude, I don't think you. I don't think you really got what we're looking for." And I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." 
Uh, <laughs> and then I had uh, I had math with the guitar player TJ, and so I kind of brought it up to TJ, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, let me send you some stuff on Power Tab, and you can like, you know, Power like tr tab. try to write try to write some stuff over it, and uh, just come to practice one day." And that's what I did, and they mm -hmm. they liked what I had written well enough that like chris was just like damn dude i'm sorry i shouldn't have uh shouldn't have been so quick to jump to it like, yeah nah. uh and um then we all kind of started working together and chris and tj uh and jake uh the the our original bass player my brother are like still some of my best friends like to this day you know that's what's um, up dude yeah that's really what it's all about is 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 making those connections and experiencing those things together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was thinking like the a successful live set, no matter who's watching you, you know, at, at that age and then, you know, successfully recording something. Those are the two key com or three key components being knowing that you can like vibe with people and get that jam you know, flow state type thing, however close you can get to it at a young age with uh, other humans, you, you at least taste it in that jam space, whether it be your drummer's garage, you know, at their, his parents' yeah. house or yep, whatever. Yeah. And, it was, it was from his garage. And then we moved to my basement after a while. That was like, yeah. <laughs> so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So you, you, those three things right there, experiencing the, the moment together in whatever space that is, going and and duplicating it in front of one two ten people wherever local fucking high school talent show you know in front of the skate shop you mm -hmm. know all that kind of shit and then going and trying to like record something and then you get that and you take that home and you're like all right i did all three of those things i think that if you do all of that at a at a certain age you it, you're not going to stop for a while you yeah. know yeah it like it kind of it definitely takes root and sort of becomes a very important part of who you are right uh real quick love you too curtis good night pal um but yeah i think that uh i i feel like especially with starting like younger like that um it definitely definitely helped shape a lot of who i am and honestly like growing over the years like i kind of have most of what i have today from making music like the the extended family that i have uh i i got from being in a band um i, I met my wife touring with a band you know now we have a a, a wonderful little girl um mm -hmm. I, i've had an amazing creative outlet that's helped me just like sort of learn a lot about people learn a lot about music learn a lot about business a number of different things like all just from just kind of starting this thing and just yeah seeing what happens with it over the years totally dude so how long did that that group uh stay together was it through um, high school so yeah it was uh what like 20 2007 until about 2010 um, we sort of fell apart in this spot where we were like recording a record, um, which which sucks because we had made some really cool like uh, contacts and we're working on recording um, like a three song, uh, a, a second demo that was pretty much just going to be for shopping to labels. Um, but uh, uh, 
a good buddy of ours was um was recording some stuff and was going to have it like mixed and mastered by Dave Otero for us and then we were going to start shopping it uh around to to try to like you know get get on a label and get some stuff rolling because yeah. that was at, at the time that was like we were just like okay I guess that's the process that's what you do um so but uh you know we kind of at that point were diverging and all doing different things with our lives um so uh that project kind of ended up fizzling out oh yeah dude otero is phenomenal uh he he's so sick um <laughs> but uh yeah after that i um i ended up joining uh this band called enemy rain where i was filling the colossal shoes of uh sherwood weber um uh <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he he's uh, been asking the enemy rain questions for a while so i had to <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't play neurotic death fest with them that was actually right around the time um that i oh man i know they did it twice i want to first time was when sherwood was in the band and i think the second time was uh right after i had left um so i did one record with them uh came out in 2011 I want to say it was either 11 or 12 maybe uh called between hell and oblivion and um yeah I, w I did jam uh with them at that warehouse space uh and yeah wonderful dudes really cool uh played several shows with them the la uh, the last one that i played with them though was probably the worst accident i've ever had someone uh, seen someone have on stage so we were playing this show at um summit music hall and uh big festival really sick crowd and we're like sick we're fine we're gonna play some new songs from uh the new record we'd played one of them live before that was it um and so we were playing one of my favorites we were starting the set with it and i want to say like two minutes into it uh our guitar player nick goes to do the whole like stomp thing right there was a puddle of beer on the stage and at this time on stage left at summit there was no railing so you could literally walk off the stage mm -hmm. which was probably like six five six feet high yep i played a couple times yeah and so he hit the thing slipped tumbled off the stage off the soundboard hit the sound dude rolled on the ground and we're all just kind of standing there like, oh, no. Oh, all right, Nick, you're, you're a tough dude. Get up, get up. And he's like clutching his knee. Well, not too mm. long after that, uh, paramedics come. They cut up his pant leg and his kneecap is literally uh. twisted onto the far left side of his leg. And he had God. to have a, a few different surgeries to get that corrected. And dude, I mean, I've thought time. about kneecap shit. And it mm -hmm. almost makes me cringe harder than broken bones, dude. I don't oh. know. Like to see my kneecap on the side of my leg, I probably might puke on somebody, you know? I think that's the very first time in my life that I had seen like an actual injury that made me like queasy. Nauseous. Like the, I yeah. saw it and was like, I, I need to sit down for a second. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I would be the same way, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. That's almost cartoonish too, to just slip off of a the side of the stage just yeah dude up. that freaking little puddle might as well have been a banana peel <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and then um 
while I was doing stuff for Enemy Rain, I was filling in for for Vale of Noth, um, just for some shows and stuff. Uh, I did my very first tour with Vale in 2012. Uh, we did a tour with Abiotic, uh, this band called After the Spire, and then um, Abiotic and Enfold Darkness were like co-headlining. Oh, I think so, I saw you. That's a that's a show I first saw you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was that was really sick because that was my that was my first time really playing outside of like the Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada area, you know, just like getting out of that little region and actually hitting like the majority of the U.S. on a tour, which was really cool. Um, I did that tour with Vale. Uh, we did another tour with uh, Gorod. And then the following year, we did another tour where it was just us and Vital Remains. And um, then shortly, Sick. yeah, dude, it was, it, it was a pretty good, pretty good string of, uh, right, of things right. that I was doing with them. Um, <clears throat> during the tail end of that, uh, Vance and I both joined another Colorado band called Dissonance in Design, and uh, we released a record called Sentient, which came out, I, th- I want to say, in like 2013, um, or maybe it was 2014. It might have been 14. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um and that band was much more of like a progressive, like definitely more on the proggy side. Um, and uh, from there, kind of uh, <laughs> continued to continued to move on. Um, so before I, you move on, I want to yeah. bring it back to the roots again, dude. I yeah. want to I want to know about your writing. I want to know about what what kind of creative stuff outside of being a vocalist. You know, was it movies? um all that kind of stuff like what was in when did writing start for you and when did you decide to start write writing poetry because that's really where i think it all starts if you're going to be a lyricist right is poetry um so for me like being an author is like the first thing that i can ever remember wanting to be as a kid Okay. Um, and so that was kind of like my my primary goal when I was a kid. I would write stories all the time and stuff. So you're um, a reader, obviously, because yeah. somebody who wants to be an author is somebody who's reading other authors. Mm-hmm. Yep. I be, like I said, I, when I was younger, I was like very painfully shy, and so uh, I also I would end up <clears throat> getting grounded a lot. And books were like the only thing that would never ever be taken away. yeah and and, uh when i lived in colorado i I lived super close to a public library it was like less than a mile away from my house so i had access and permission to just like Mm -hmm. get into it as much as possible so um a lot of it was was me being a very voracious reader when i was younger too and um just kind of like figuring out how to put my thoughts to to paper and then i found that writing lyrics is is kind of its own unique challenge uh in terms of writing because if you're just writing a story or a novel or anything like that like it's completely free form you have as much time and space to develop anything Mm -hmm. that you want uh but when you're doing it with music you know like like you mentioned earlier like sometimes you gotta you really have to like trim the fat because right you're like cool i have five minutes to tell this you have to do it twice really because i i was just gonna chime in because i know that this is the way that you're talking i'm sure that it kind of starts a similar way with you where you you start with an idea and then you expand on it and we just kind of have a a diarrhea of thoughts that we put out on paper 
and then we leave it and then we come back to it and then we read it again and then you start to say okay here are the things that i want to you know pull from this to make lyrics and then then you do your first draft of lyrics of ideas out of that that giant thing that you had and you whittle it down to this other thing and then it's okay now we have to really put this to music so it ends up being another fat cutting situation to to make the final product which is okay because as long as you um you never stray from the original idea that you fell in love with then you did it if it's yeah. still at the end you know yeah so a lot of my process now um that i've kind of like worked at over the years is i usually don't write anything anymore until i have the music um occasionally like if i think of something that i think is cool like all i have notebooks that i'll like kind of like put down just like vague ideas or um strings of like words or cadences in which i want to like where i want to have like rhyme placements and stuff like that with like in interior and exterior rhyming schemes okay um but now i i kind of i'm at the point now where i i like to just like get the skeleton of a track and then sort of sit down and be like all right cool what sort of patterns do i want to put over this and then like after i have patterns for a section dialed in then i'm like all right sick uh I have a bar that's six syllables and then a bar that's 13 syllables and then a bar that's six more syllables. And I'll go through and sort of frame what I want to happen story-wise. And then I'm like, cool. Now, how do I express this portion of the story using X amount of syllables? And I'll like go through and like put stuff out like that, which is, is kind of strange and it's not strange it's definitely it's definitely a way i've worked i've worked on actually i had to do that with the servile insurrection because i there was songs that were you know written and i had to fit a story into the syllables because they wanted those patterns specifically Mm -hmm. yeah um oh you mean peak severed savior was that i said oh you mean peak severed savior hell yeah brother thanks (laughs) um but yes (laughs) <laughs> he's like but yeah he's like but yeah <laughs> no but uh what i wanted to, what i wanted to say is that that is a different approach to what i was talking about so i want to know is there um a part of you the author you that has something aside from lyrics do you have a note section in your phone that is just for random ideas and then if those ideas become something bigger you're not necessarily thinking about music, but you just got to write. Do you do anything like that? Or is it always specifically, if I'm going to write, it's going to be lyrics to music and that's it. So uh, I have like a few notebooks that I kind of like keep just track of ideas like that. If I'm Mm -hmm. at work or something and something comes to me or like out and about, I will, I text myself the, the texts to, Mm -hmm. to me from me are all just like, potential song titles lyric ideas hey look into this subject so that you get inspiration for something okay like all right because i have the same thing i just wanted to see if you were in there too dude oh yeah absolutely because i or or just like it'll be like a word that i think is sick and i just have to write the whole i look it up give mm -hmm. the definition so i just know that it's like right there 
yeah. you know, and then I have my own words that I've made up myself too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want to def- define those words. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a good process. Plus like one thing that I think that everybody, like people that make music and people that don't can definitely relate to is like, occasionally you'll have that idea and you're like, Oh my God, that's fucking badass. I'll totally remember this. And then you fall asleep and you wake mm. up the next day and it's gone. You have no That's semblance. Mistake that we've all whatever. we've all had enough of those to where mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't matter, dude. Yeah. Even if the right idea down. comes to you right before you fall asleep, you have enough wherewithal to to burst yourself up and just grab your phone or grab a pen and a paper and get it get it written down in a way that when you go back to read it, it it'll conjure up those same feelings that you were having when the idea originally came yep and then if you can successfully do that which is not that hard guys don't trust your brain i've trusted my brain so much and it is it is just fucked me so hard so you gotta write it down and then come back to it later that's what it's all about it doesn't matter if you're even I've been in the conversation with people and I feel like a dick because I'm just like, can, can you stop talking real quick? Cause I have to actually write this down in my phone. <laughs> it would probably be a, some stupid idea that doesn't even really go anywhere, but I just, it's something that's in my brain that I have to get out and then it's there. And then I'm like, okay, now I feel better. I can just leave that for a future time. And if, if it doesn't become anything, then it doesn't, but it may become something awesome yeah and and also like kind of just to piggyback on that idea too sometimes when you have those things that like strike it's like you can't pay attention to anything else because you have this tab open in the back of your head that's like don't Mm -hmm. forget this don't forget this don't forget this don't forget this wait what conversation just happened what did i just agree to who just said what and i have to act like i've been paying attention the whole time you know yeah (laughs) no for sure dude it's just don't trust your i mean trust yourself to write it down but don't trust yourself to remember it (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean that's one of uh that's one of uh going off this comment here yeah george Strait said it dude write write this down take a little look (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hell yeah dude yeah but i call back guttural reef i'm uh i don't know man i probably spend too much time writing lyrics just because like one thing that I really enjoy and challenge myself to do is like, I like, I, I want whatever lyrics I write to stand just as well on their own as they do with the music. So it's something that mm-hmm. if somebody experiences this without the media along with it, it's like still cool or still yeah. conveys a certain idea or is thought provoking or something. And I totally get that, like, you know, being a death metal vocalist a large amount of what it is that I do is going to seem unintelligible or like go over people's heads yep. because it yep. either comes at a speed or in a tonality that is like not super easy to get. But um, it's a know, common thing. And, and I'm not trying to bring it back to me. I just want to say it's a common thing that I feel because that that's how we project our, uh, our poetry and our art is through a, a voice that most people can't understand what we're saying. And, 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 and there's so many times during the process of making a record, writing a song where I'm like, why am I even trying to make these lyrics be so sick and so perfect to me poetically? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. dude, this could, if this was, 
delivered in other fashions like it might be like a sick rhyme on a hip-hop song or something and i'm like dude look at all how i fucking rhymed and intertwined all these syllables you know and it's all in my head and then i deliver it in this oh you know it's like what 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 are we doing here guys you know so that 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 but that 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 thing in the back of my mind that's telling me why am i doing this then it's like okay well let's let's try and form your voice to be as um understandable as you possibly can with still sounding brutal and that's how i've been for in the odious shit in the severed shit i enunciation is so important and I could probably do it more brutal and guttural, but I like that mid range because I can actually like say things. And, and I know at least that I know that I said it correctly with Anthony. No, no, no. It's Anthony is more enunciation over pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, there's some, uh, mispronunciations and a few it's more mispronunciations in my regular voice actually <laughs> yeah, no it's true it's true <laughs> but no that, that, that actually that you know that's why you know with uh carnivorous and stuff when we were first playing with you guys uh before we even asked you to be in the band i was like anthony i can hear everything he's saying that's like a a really big point for us because um I always get brought back to uh in I love Levi Discord, old Discord singer. But um when they put out I forget the album after consume. Parallels. Parallels. Um I was like, dude, I loved it. That was like it's my favorite Discord to this I mean, at the point at the time. I was like, when it just came out and we were playing shows with him, I was like, it's so sick. And um he's like, he came up to me, he's like, Cool, man. So you're into the lyrics? Did you read it or did you understand all the like the lyrics? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like what the fuck i remember i was like i was a kid at the time you know we were like brand new like starting to play shows and stuff and i'm like 22 or 21 and uh so at the time i'm kind of like yeah sick but then i like went back and listened because i was the lyrics were the last thing i was listening to and that album and i was like just trying to make like trying to make it work how the guitar works with the with the drums in that band this doesn't make sense what it but, is and stevie probably knows well, that's this. not normal it's not a normal like death metal thing though it's like no, it's i'm like, saying I'm, yeah. I'm saying like it's percussion like to yeah, most yeah, it's, people it's, it's who listen to death metal yeah, yeah. it's just another percussion instrument yep but if you, you get yep. but if you get lyrics out of it too you know there's like you know touring with a uh, you know back when Whitechapel was first the second or third album to come out we like went on tour with them and at the time it was like us suffocation psychroptic Whitechapel, and veil maya i want to say but like um going out with them and and we were just kind of all butthurt because um Whitechapel was so on the up and we were like just death metal you know we were like the fillers before Whitechapel and like and then um so I was like on principle fuck this band and then like you know I was kind of like crossing my arms like fuck this band and then like after a few shows I'm like I fucking love these guys and like and you know like they're really nice dudes and like and then I got way into them, and I was like, and we were talking about like fast lyrics and stuff, and fast like like um, um, vocals and stuff. Uh, Phil, like on the second out al- or second or third album, he has this one part where it's just like I would, I would literally make them like when they would come into town and play. I'm like, we gotta play this. And like I forget what song it was on. A uh, uh, Cor- new era of corruption, and I was like, you gotta play this song. And they'd be like, this one's for Joel. Like, well, and they have to do the whole like. 
I was like, I was like, you can't do that live. He's like, I'll do it right now, dude. Fuck you. You know, it's like, yeah. but that's when I was kind of like more understanding like the the talent of where death metal vocals can go. You know, before mm -hmm. I was kind of just like, it's just kind of like an accoutrement onto the on top of the of the music. But it's not like it's not the most important. But it was part. so much more for us, you know, because yeah. we're writers and we're like we are reading lyrics. I remember getting super fucking baked and just listening to agoraphobic nosebleed alters states of America straight through ninety nine tracks of four to ten four second to one minute song lengths of just grind and just reading the whole thing and and getting their whole like their their stance on life through one sitting yeah. and same thing with like cephalic like reading lenzig's lyrics would be like this super psychedelic trippy. experience yeah, yeah. in its own way dude because that dude is touching he literally was the one who's told me not through his music he was telling me fuck the I mean, yeah, gore still shows up in there, but I'm saying, like, fuck all that gore shit, dude. Like, get weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. get out there, dude. Like, expand and, and and talk about things that you're not seeing other people talk about. And then, then it becomes an ego thing and all that. Like, I'm going to be the guy that talks about weed. But it, <laughs> that was already Lenzig's shit, you know? So it's like, yeah. it doesn't, everybody does everything, but I'm just saying, like, Honestly, Find, at least you your connection to it is something fresh and and that's where it starts is just with us and and as the lyrics says it's just one person it just starts up here and so you fall in love with it enough to where it leaves your hand onto some paper and then the idea is now in this reality and are we going to expand it and how are you going to expand it and yeah. and Honestly, let it represent as much as what it was when it first came out of you, dude. For me, I, I still to this day kind of feel like the the best person to, in my opinion, is like a Trevor Smith. Like, yeah. like right. not, not only did he have like awesome cadence he could create, he told really memorable stories from all you know and then uh, one thing i so recently i've been like on like just like binging a, a bunch of of dahlia again like uh the other day i listened to literally their entire catalog like front to back oh, yeah. um, when i was at work and um like a few things that stick out like one like i feel like lyrics are at the like uh the story is at the forefront of everything that he's doing you know like he he's he's serving the song um like through cadence he's creating hooks he's telling a story that gets you immersed in what's going on he's uh, the full package dude yeah yeah exactly plus like one thing that he did incredibly well too is just like having uh dynamic diction and choosing words mm -hmm. to put more emphasis on and stuff which mm -hmm, is something mm -hmm. that i kind of feel like gets lost nowadays like i feel like a lot of dudes are just like this is the lowest guttural that i've got and then this is the highest thing that I yeah got. yeah and you know that like they'll do some stuff in between but it's like choosing that's like one of the things i guess that you can really pick up on in in hip-hop is i guess in a very easily 
digestible way is like where do you put your emphasis you know like it, it's a thing that not only builds the story but it also builds the vocal melody and the cadence and uh, it's one of those things that just i'm gonna go into it with the, the sleep the sleep token like i think that's what they did so well with like why they're blowing up so big i'm like the cadence when they decide to do their hip-hop parts mm -hmm. it's perfectly it's a little part of it but it's like it's not bullshit and it's also like kind of a new flair a little bit on a little bit like on some of the stuff they're doing and um but i i feel like the vocals i'm just like jesus man i mean it's obviously a lot of clean singing but yeah the cadence is kind of like it's it's also a lot of you know pop bands do a lot of it but also like he'll go to a completely different realm and kind of like bring it to a a unique creative side of things and yeah. And I think that's why that band, I mean, the drummer and the singer, I think that's why it's so big. It's like, it just works once that cadence is so like huge in the songs becoming mm -hmm. like a, a, a memorable thing that you're going to think about. Like think about death mask divine when you're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. black Dahlia and stuff. Like we got to tour them on that nocturnal album. That was, was a blur for me, but that album, every time I listen to it, I like, I start like, yeah, like emotional when I hear that album. But, yeah. uh, that's like, one of the few records that I literally remember where I was and what I was doing the first time I heard that album. Like, damn, that's, that's so that's, sick. That's one of those very, very few ones that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, I can immediately go straight back to where I was. And I remember I the, their, their first one was the same thing for me. The first one was uh, their first release on Hollowed. I remember mm -hmm. listening. Um, I had heard a clip of it or something, and then like, I was going to go see Cannibal Corpses. You know, maybe right out of high school. And they were playing it at Slims in San Francisco, just like in between bands. And I was like, oh, this is that band. And we listened to it. And like me and Carrie, uh, my best friend, were like, like, oh, because we were only at the gates at the time. We we're like mm -hmm. at the gates, the haunted and stuff like that. Yeah. So we heard this. And we're like, all right. So this band's like coming in. And we we're like looking at them at the time because we we're like still in the metal, you know, like early. Like they don't look they look like a core band, though. So we can't. Mm -hmm like fully commit to this you know? yeah. <laughs> like it's like we can't we can't go down that road dude we can't you know um even though i covered poison the well in my high school uh fucking uh, battle of the bands with uh so, derek from faceless and stuff <laughs> oh hell yeah so i actually yeah. i found i found the black dahlia like they were playing at the first like actual metal show that i went to oh damn um and it was uh sounds of the underground in uh, oh shit i want to say 2006 so uh -huh. the lineup they had like that's it was a like, callback. Do they still do those sounds of the no, underground? No, I no. Think, yeah, I think they used to put out I, comps like double CD comps that were sound of yeah, the yeah. underground yep. comps. Yeah, probably over it, a decade away. I or, think that it it ended in two thousand seven or two thousand eight. I want to yeah, say yeah, um, yeah. But the one that I went to, it like fucking totally stacked lineup like Black Dahlia, Through the Eyes of the Dead, Cannibal Corpse, Guar, In Flames, As I Lay Dying, <laughs> Behemoth. Like it was. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, and you Madness. know, like Dahlia had just put out uh Miasma, and so that's okay. what, what they were oh. touring on. Camel yeah. Corpse had just dropped Kill. Uh, Behemoth was touring on. Um, oh man, what's Conquer All? No, mm -hmm. it, the Conquering the, the Throne. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> it's the one that Conquer All is on, and Sculpting the Throne of Seth. I, Demigod. They were touring on Demigod. Okay. Okay. Um. You know, uh, In Flames was touring on Come Clarity. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't remember what the As I Lay Dying record was. Trivium had just dropped Ascendancy, and they were playing. Um, but yeah, it was just like yeah, all dude, these like that was a that was a hot 
little spot in metal history right well, what's there. cool about that that was my first metal show and it it's was like that like, kind of you know, they were baroque baroque at the time too they weren't like putting <laughs> on shout out igor <laughs> they weren't putting on um you know all the light shows and stuff they were just like mm-hmm. a band that was playing you know it yeah. wasn't like like the fucking lights go down and then like a one light comes in the middle it was just like a straight performance you know yeah. seeing a band before they bands before they blew up so i i mean i i love shows with production um mm-hmm. like uh I, i've seen muse a couple times and they're like one of my oh dude bands. i like, actually I, I need to see them shit. i know my my buddy uh went to go see them and he's not in the metal but like he always tries to like kind of like talk metal with me a little bit and he's yeah. like Dude, the muse was so like it was the most insane show i've ever seen and i was like all right dude well when i was i'm sure metallica's cool too dude. whatever and then yeah. and then uh, <laughs> i went and watched i went on uh youtube because I, I love uh i forget the album uh by the muse but i watched a clip came up on like a reel or something and i was mm-hmm. like holy fuck this band's like one of the biggest production-based bands out there Yep, I saw them. Uh, I've seen them twice. The first time was at the Pepsi Center. The second time was at Red Rocks. Um, oh damn, Sick. dude! Holy shit, it was insane. Um, cool. I can't yeah. wait to see that. The next yeah. time they come around, I'm for sure they, seeing them. They're, they're I'm gonna get hippy dippy again. Bring it back to like thoughts and stuff, dude. Yeah. Do you guys believe in the Muse? Uh, so the Muse. So is... I kind of, I kind of, I definitely do i'm a slow i'm like a, i'm not one of those dudes that sits down and writes tons like i'm i'm a grinder like when i i i show up i listen to the parts i try to i try to 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 speak my my piece for it and mm-hmm. i i very much believe in the idea of the muse and like right so is it like, is it like things i feel the collective consciousness oh, okay, 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 or, yeah. yeah yeah like and the river honestly, of ideas that you i don't i don't i don't i don't Honestly, dude. So, of course so, you don't. You fucking so, Dalai Lama, fucking grower upper. So for me, I feel like uh, I feel like when I sit down to write stuff, it's kind of like I don't I, like the the entire time. I feel like I'm just sort of translating something that someone else is telling me, and the best that I can translate it is by breaking it down into syllables, and then like being like, okay, cool. This is where this is like you know we're gonna this is the interior rhyme and it's going to flow off of these things. And then over time it sort of develops itself. But like a lot of times when I, you know, when, when Malcolm sends me music or Spencer or Sanjay or anybody or, or Nick, I'm sitting there and I just listen and it's like someone is telling me like, Hey, your pattern goes like, da 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 like, I don't just consciously make lap, the decision kinda. to do it. Like it just tells me this mm-hmm. is what right. I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I, I, I don't like, that's not, it's not a thing that I like talk about a whole lot, but like, that's totally my process is I, I, oh, just, yeah. I sit there and I listen to it until it tells me what it wants. And then yeah, I yeah. do mm-hmm. my best to try to give mm-hmm. it what it but tells I think me it wants. You're probably going off the evidence. I mean, you're the, like back of your brain what you've heard your whole life evidence of what you've heard and what you like don't and try and be i know you want to be all spiritual and stuff it's not all fucking get, get out of smoke real quick brain. because i know let, let us know, on on i haven't finished my thought so all like right, i fine. think it's like the 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 evidence it's like you hearing something because there's been times where i've written riffs i'm like oh this is coming through me right now i'm like oh because i heard it three weeks ago and it was mm-hmm. and i'm making it a little different 
I think it's kind of like but also I mean, too it's a, you've you've built skills of of putting vocals to music so it's it's a it's a skill-based thing it's not i don't think it's a cloud i mean it could be i'm not so, saying it's not i'm not so trying to be like shit on it here's yeah, one I'm, way to kind of look at it or at least like the way that i look at it is like i don't necessarily think that it's like a specific like quote-unquote like entity that tells you what to do but I do mm-hmm. think that when you put enough time and effort into something, especially mm-hmm. if it's into growing and understanding a certain part of your brain, mm-hmm. and it's a skill set that sort of presents itself to you as you develop it more, it's kind of like you're creating your own sort of character. So it's like you're writing, it's like you're writing the code for a story that gives you feedback. Yeah, so the, it's like you a, know, it's it's sort of like um, your AI. It's, it's like fucking... yeah, it's like <laughs> creative Chat GPT that doesn't fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. lie to you and give you wrong information. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> you're just like, adding uh, code to it. You're adding like more more variables to it. You're just going like, all right, this is where it could go. Yeah, in you're, the grand you, scheme of you're the code. feeding it. You're feeding it. Yeah, and yeah It's yeah. growing, and then it's feeding you based off of what it's eaten you know which is why like if i ever come up with periods of time where i'm like dude i'm really struggling to to write something or to to get anything out usually what i'll do in that point is i'll kind of drift a little bit away from music and i'll try to read more and listen to more audiobooks and watch mm-hmm. movies or or you know my like my one thing that's that's really cool is like my my wife is really really into art and mm-hmm. so um, I've been lucky enough that she has invited me along to go to a few different like exhibits with her and mm-hmm. um, she shows me all this really cool stuff from the Renaissance and like different different paintings and artists that she really enjoys and um, you know that's kind of been like another source is like I, I feel like if if you are kind of exhausted by that uh, by that uh, by like music as your Sp- source of inspiration, specific just like, avenue of art. Yeah, you need yeah, exactly. to find your inspiration in other avenues. Yeah, and it may not even be art. You might be inspired by something totally yeah. random. That, yeah, you know, usually, like... usually a big thing for me is like I'll just hear a specific word, mm-hmm. and that specific word will just kind of like set something off in my brain. You're like and word, and I'm like, turd. oh, cool. Now I, uh, <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Know word turd bird no no um, no i know what you're saying though but uh it's actually an interesting um kind of piggyback on that is um listening to that interview with tosin and devin and jump shushi um they asked devin townsend how he like writes and he puts on this is literally what it does and it brings him to a place of like clarity and he understands he just puts on a youtube video of a train driving through like the arctic that's 10 hour video and he just puts it on and he drinks coffee and then he like writes when when he gets comfortable he starts writing when that like gets him comfortable and then he's like all right i'm here and just write dude i know i'm just like devin townsend's straight up on the polar express (laughs) i know right (laughs) i think it's polar but i know something to do with a train for like 10 out like it's a 10 hour video of a train just driving through different landscapes i think and and he just kind of like it's you know it's his brain he's trying to like jog his brain and get it to a place where he's written music with it in the background and now he's like oh mm-hmm. like catches the state of it the vibe of it is mm-hmm. like comfortable mm-hmm. it's like all right we're exploring new things oh look at that you know just looking at landscapes and he's like oh okay i have an idea you know it's like it's there's, there's so many the... creative ways to like 
trigger your brain to, to write, you know, half the, half what you need is just showing up. Mm -hmm. So you find your ritual. It, if you've done it, if you've written or sit down and done anything enough times, you realize that there's certain things that it may be even superstitious in a way, like having your lucky fucking guitar pick sitting right here, pointing straight at you. Yeah. You know, I, I write better because I know that point's pointing at me, you know, off in the corner over there. You know, just little things like got to have my my thing set up. I mean, I learned this from like Stephen Pressfield. He wrote the the, the, war, the of war of Art. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and just showing up, being open and having, even if you need your little superstition things just to be there to give you your support. It is actually like a, a way to open yourself up to the muse or the unified mm -hmm. field. Your 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 antenna is fully calibrated, uh, or your 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 you know satellite dish is aimed perfectly or as perfectly as you can to accept whatever kind of information that you can get from wherever it may be coming from. You know, and yeah. and if you just open yourself up to it, it ends up you know working more times than you think it wouldn't you know i i definitely agree with that uh, i'll be right back just one second go for yeah, it dude. go for it go for it me and joel are just freak out on igor for igor a second, second. <laughs> <laughs> we just have like our immediate igor like all right dude so igor um that dude yeah. is definitely tapped into the unified field dude i'm definitely stoked i went uh i definitely the driving part i was like Fuck! I wanted to be on like, I wanted to be on like four more beers. Yeah, <laughs> but I like, know, but still, the, no, no, no. But I, I still like, I still had been watching. Uh, I watched, so I kind of gave up the mystery part of it and like had to watch a couple live videos before the show. So I was mm -hmm. kind of like already knew what it was going to look like and stuff like that. So I had that, but um, but just the the visual assault was the number one thing of how. I mean, the cool thing, I'm. I'm about Igor that blows my mind. It's so cool. They run everything through, you know, a uh, computer. So everything's through a click, obviously, but the vocals are on a click too. And the vocals, they'll have the vocal, ah, like those like yeah. cut out things. It'll be like completely, it's all through That's probably the Ableton shit, or something like that. The, the classic little fucking yeah, it's, it's already, it's already pre-programmed. It's already, it's already on there for all the vocalists and it just works so perfect. And I was like, damn, I've never seen, I've seen bands use that shit to like change effects on guitars, but like, to, to have those effects on vocals too and the guitars oh. everything it's like everything's completely in the lighting controlled. like how their lights were set up dude like how many oh, times man. were was the lighting just so perfect for the atmosphere that the oh, music dude. was giving to that room you know totally i i if, if anybody's listening to this if you experienced it I'm so happy for you if you have a chance to. All the shows are getting like sold out. Even LA just sold out today. It wasn't sold out earlier today. It's sold out now. And so people are catching on, dude. And it's something that, um, I mean, obviously, with the response that they're getting on this tour, they're definitely going to be coming back to the United States, dude, because I've even like listened or read their posts and stuff. And that you could just tell that, that, the reception that they're getting from this tour is um, very, very extreme in the positive way. And so I can't wait for them to come back. 
we're jumping on tickets again, dude. We're gonna go do this every time. Well, we jumped on tickets uh, three years ago, and we they got it was like right the pandemic. We got Igor tickets, and it was just like oh, obviously canceled. And then they're like, we're gonna come back in 2021, canceled, uh, and then canceled, and then it's like we're like, oh, but they're they're still good though. <laughs> they're still good. like how three years later. Is that though, because you you all that anticipation, and you could have totally it could have been it could have fallen flat for somebody who was waiting for that long, but it was, it was, it can, it can, it's opposite. one of those things. It's like one of those things I did today. I, um, it's like when you sleep on something like a piece of music or something that inspired you when you were younger and you mm-hmm. just, you're like, all right, I'm burnt out on it. And then you come back to it like two years, three years later. Like mm-hmm. I did that today. I mean, I did that for a band for like seven years, eight, 10, 12 years later. I did a, a Slayer thing today <laughs> i was like i watched a whole live slayer video like an old one that that's filled by filmed by nfl films it's like one of the sickest videos live videos i've ever seen um i always worshipped as a kid and i was like doing work today on one of my screens i was like working on, i'm just gonna throw it like i def like re like so good video on my screen over here and i was just fucking just like oh fuck dude <laughs> The fucking, this was my shit when I was a kid. This yeah. was like this was it. This was like the thing, the crossover of of like what you talk about jumping into like Slipknot or going Slipknot to Origin and, and like so I had to go like Slipknot, then I had to go Sepultura, then I go Slayer, then I go Pantera Slayer, and then DSI, and then it went on to like other things. But like I had to go through like a couple other like hoops. But I remember watching that today and I was like, this is this. I love this, but like I'll say that Iowa had a lot more going on for it than I came across. No, Iowa is my favorite slipknot. I mean that I that I was ready for when I listened to it. I know nowadays, you know, I'm like we've listened to everything now, but I'm just saying for me, I throw that on every now and then, like every like Iowa still holds up for me, dude. Dude, honestly, their first their first three records. I feel like yeah. Like I didn't listen to the third one very much. It was like Iowa, and then no, I was are we like, talking Mate, gonna... Feed, Kill, Repeat, or we're talking no, no, no. self-titled I, I mean, Iowa, self-titled then... Iowa, and Volume Three. I volume mean, Three, like, Volume Three might just be a bit nostalgic for me because that was like a little. Was, yeah, you're just first, a little like, bit younger new, than us. So. Yeah, and that was the first uh, you were new at that record that came out when I was like, you know, I found them getting super into them, and like then that was like the first time I was like, oh, I get to experience this for the first time with other people and not just like the older stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like the first time that a couple of my friends and I all bought like the same CD on Self-title the same day. Self-titled was 99. And... So Joel, how old were you in 99? You were 13, 14? No, I, was, I was like 15 Really? Oh, maybe so. I was so I was the young one because I graduated at seventeen. So I got it in two thousand. I mean, I got the I got the video. You in graduated oh one, Joel. Oh two, oh two. So we're the same graduating class. Yeah. yeah. So I was at seven. Uh, so I was fourteen when you were fifteen. That's the, yeah, but it's like that's when it came out ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was ten. That, yeah, dude, that's the <laughs> perfect age to come across something like that, dude. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I remember. I mean, just like we, we talked about earlier, just like the, the I mean, I, th- I forget what first, it was that video that drew me to them, because I was like, what the fuck, they're all wearing masks, who are these people? Welcome I wanted to, to know. my neighborhood or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, I got that, that for five VHS. bucks, it was Sam Goody. It was only like 19 minutes long or something. Yeah, I got it for five bucks at Sam Goody, and then they got yep. popular, and I went back and saw, after Iowa came out and stuff, I, it was there again. And I pulled it's like thirty six ninety nine. I was like, I was like, all right, they're capitalizing now that they're popular. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was just you know, that's a cool concept. They you know, had DVDs by then. 
too. Yeah, probably. So bands just, you know, I was, I wanted to know who, I, like, the mystery, because that's like, you know, we bring up Sleep Token again. It's like they're trying to do it, but you can just Google who they are. But like, a lot of the mystery is gone from music. It's now like, just now, I'm, I have it right in front of my face. I got an email at nine o'clock that the new Crosses album with, uh, you know, Chino Moreno mm-hmm. uh, just got released on Spotify at nine o'clock tonight. So I was, I just at 901 I went on it's like all ready to go like songs with like the cure and stuff on there I'm like oh my god like it used to be okay this this is coming out tomorrow and I have to go to the record store and hopefully get one hopefully they didn't order more than nine and I have like one of my favorite stories from that like I, I mentioned earlier how like nocturnal is like one of the only records that I mm-hmm. remember exactly where I was the day that I listened to it and yep. like, got it Mm-hmm. So, like, the day that that album came out, uh, my brother Jake was not in school at this point. And so I was like, all right, dude, so here's what's going to happen today. One, you're going to drop me off at school. I'm going to give you this Best Buy gift card that I got for birthday or Christmas or whatever. And at mm-hmm. 10 o'clock when Best Buy opens, I need you to go to Best Buy and buy a copy of Nocturnal. And then you need to come back to school with your car when we take lunch and then we're all gonna sit in your car and listen to this record for i first can't time. wait until school's over <laughs> yeah I need exactly to and so it we, online we just like, <laughs> we, we sat in jake's car we, we smoked a joint and we listened to nocturnal like me jake and then uh the guitar player um uh from calculating genocide tj and my drummer chris uh we all sat together and just like listened to the to that record for the first time and it was just like magical dude like it was, yeah yeah like i said that's one of the very few albums yeah. that i remember the day and time and exactly like where i was and who i was with when i first experienced and the it. whole world the whole world was within that vehicle yeah nothing at that mattered. moment nothing, at that moment nothing, else nothing outside <laughs> of that car mattered it was just the people you were with while you were listening to that for the first time and and having that experience for the first time like yeah that's exactly why you remember the date the time the weather you know all that mm-hmm. kind of shit because it was just this this one like photographic moment where you same reason why you you smell a certain smell and you're like oh that's my ex-girlfriend's cologne from fucking cologne. years ago you know yeah or, cologne <laughs> yeah my ex <laughs> cologne sorry um but you know what i'm saying it's like yeah, yeah totally, totally how how you get transported back and actually those are like the real treasures in life you know blah mm-hmm. blah blah hippy dippy shit but it really is like the things that that matter the most are those those very detailed moments that we can totally trust to be there for us and we can just go back to them and be like yeah, I'm sitting in the back of this car right now, and I'm listening to Nocturnal for the first time, and it's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I'm coming it, as like as li- as life goes on. Like I've noticed, um, actually, kind of recently, how much our high school uh, life is what yeah, we adolescence is actually like, where everything gets locked in, dude. It's like where everything like we always go back to like, oh, this is why I feel this way is because of something in high school or something. Is it? I feel like high school is the years where and maybe junior high school middle school um is where things kind of get locked in like you said and it's like we always kind of go back or or we have prim- or uh, thoughts on things and it's always because of the thought of the music that we're into back then and then how we relate to it now and 
I think high school was like the kind of the most underrated time of our lives. Like it's we've kind of it, it could be positive for people. It was it was kind of in the middle for me um, as far as like social. Like I was pretty antisocial back then. But um, I, was I just all over the place, dude. I like to hang out with everybody because I played football. But at the same time, I smoked a lot of weed. So I was like, here's my jock side of myself. Here's my fucking weed smoking metal guy, metal rap guy. Because it was also, you know, at that time, you had to kind of pick a side. Yeah. Are you a rocker or rapper? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I was like, I'm, I'm both. Like, leave me alone. Like, I'm, I'm right in the middle here. I kind of had a weird thing with high school, I guess, because like I, the middle school that I went to was not a feeder school for the high school that I ended up going to. So like freshman year was like I knew no one, and oh, everybody God. was kind of already Nightmare. in there, like groups of people that had gone to oh, schools together and shit. Yeah, yeah. So like my freshman year and like most of sophomore year, I didn't and also like my my mom was pretty strict and i did um i did like newspapers with her every day before school so i would wake up at like one in the morning and go to work and then i would get off at like six or seven in the morning and then i would eat something and then walk to school and then i would go to school for the day (laughs) and so like what uh, even even the people that i like there were people that i ended up becoming really really good friends with like junior year and senior year that i met my freshman year of high school that were consistently like hey dude do you want to come hang out with us we're gonna blah 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 we're going snowboarding or we're gonna do this thing or that thing and i was always just kind of like nah dude i'm yeah i got i got stuff going on mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh no thanks and uh i like straight up just like i don't think i hung out with anyone that i actually went to school with my entire freshman year of high school uh i was the same way i was actually year was pretty similar and then like yeah. junior year and senior year is when i was kind of like same cool yeah. i'm gonna try to talk to people because yeah. being being alone all the time kind of sucks <laughs> yeah no i remember uh that my my parents would literally or my mom would literally uh like talk to other parents and get people to come over to the house because mm-hmm. i didn't want to hang out with anyone mm-hmm. i was like completely because we were like in the mountains and stuff and I would be like, you know, what's up? How's it going at school? But once I got, because I had, had to take, it's like an old man story. I had to take two city buses and a taxi home because, like, I wanted to be where my original friends were. But that's all I cared about was, like, doing the school thing and then just, like, going in my own hobbit hole. Like, yeah. I didn't want to, like, hang out with anyone outside of school. And then, trip, and then I didn't um, know this, really. I mean, yeah, if then, I knew this, I forgot about it. No, junior year so my mom moved out of the like woods and into into aptos back to aptos where i like originally kind of grew up when i was like younger kid and uh then it was like oh uh your friend ian that you grew up with down the street and adam and carrie and or jody was carrie's sister that's how i knew first and uh so i was like oh i'm gonna go hang i remember like drinking beers and like pouring them out like so i'd be like oh i'm like at the like, come to a party with us and i'm like cool i'll drink it. i'm like oh this sucks i hate this and just like i'd pour it out in like the bushes i'm like oh i'm done dude i'm hammered i don't know what's going on like yeah. i would just the like thing too is it was, it was probably also shit beer so it's not like that you yeah, were, yeah, but, you yeah. know what i mean i still remember like coors light yeah. or something it's like not it, even yeah. that you were like you were just like yeah. oh and now i now it's just water it doesn't even looks like it's like oh it's like whatever it's like quenching me actually right now not, but like at the time i was like you know i remember when i was a kid my mom would like like have a sip of a corona. I just imagine you like Bro. literally be like oh dude i need to take a break from all this other beer i gotta hydrate with this beer <laughs> i mean if you think about it though all alcohol 
it's disgusting. It's, it doesn't taste good. It doesn't. No alcohol tastes good. It's. Oh, what are you no, talking no, no. about? You know, fucking. No, no, no. I know you. I know you. Glass of whiskey. On I some ice that's been sitting I, there for five minutes. You roll it I will around drink and let this, it open I will drink up. It faster, I will drink it faster that? than you can. I'm saying this is my point. So, the coffee tastes like garbage. Uh, I'm just talking about like a from a child from your base. Coffee state. tastes like garbage. Who am I talking to right now? Yeah. So you, so you, as a child, you're drinking. As a five year old, you're drinking coffee. Shut the fuck up. So, um, <laughs> when you when you were a kid, your your automatic reaction was like, "This is disgusting," but then you're like, "Oh, there's positive side effects that come from this." Oh, it starts to taste good. It, it's still, and we we trick our brains into it, it, it tasting good. But like the fact that we think gasoline—I mean, I love whiskey—the the fact that we think that tastes good is fucking just because it makes us feel good. It's it's not. It's all trained through our brain. It's all garbage. It tastes like dirt and fucking gasoline. <laughs> but we're like, ooh, no. good, good. I mean, good I understand stuff. what you're to an I extent. I'm I'm hearing you, I mean, and I understand what you're saying. Give because Trevor, give Trevor whiskey. Guess. Give Trevor whiskey. Give your child. Just give him a little droplet on his tongue and see. Yeah, if you like. I'm gonna give my 12 year old whiskey. Even though I was probably I, no, not at 12. I probably <laughs> by 13 or 14, I might have tasted. No, but if you give a droplet on his alcohol. tongue of whiskey and then coffee. Just tell, just watch his reaction. He's gonna be like, he's already drank coffee and he actually enjoys it. <laughs> so to well, me, well, I think he's got a dirtbag dad. I'm the just only beers that I feel like I just inherently am like, damn, this is like good, or like yeah. certain certain stouts. Yeah, and yeah, they have like a sweetness think, to them. Yeah, there's like, but that's like you know, it's a more complex kind of like flavor thing. There's a lot going on. Uh, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, where yeah, it's like, I think we're you're talking about over, acquiring over... tastes for things. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, because yeah. of the effects that it gives you. It's not exactly. because of the taste. And then we have to all of a sudden find what's the best, what's the best, just the least shittiest part of this coffee that's good now. And it's like, it, it tasted like shit to begin with. And we were like, oh, but we wake up and we have a good day at work. So it's like, all right. So what's the best kind of the garbage that we're drinking? That's well, Keurig coffee sucks. Like, Starbucks uh, is terrible. So I love Starbucks. But I mean, like, that's, why, like that's why Starbucks is like the biggest it. drug dealer on the planet, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Oh, they are because sure. they've they've tricked people into being like, hey, here's your morning milkshake. A thousand like, calories. Here's your morning milkshake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much. Dude, that's pretty exactly much what it is, dude. I didn't, I didn't really fuck with coffee breakfast until we were recording Vile Genesis, right? And it was. In COVID times, uh, 2020, we were in Denver, uh, staying at Dave's, recording the record. And um, I remember I went to uh, Sprouts to get some more mm -hmm. Celsius because, like, I had ran out and they didn't have any. And then I went to Walmart and they didn't have any. And then I went to King Supers, which is like their Kroger or Fred Meyer, mm -hmm. and they didn't have any. And I was like, jonesing. It's like, dude, fuck, I need... I need yeah, caffeine. I don't want Red Bull because there's too much sugar in it. I don't want Monster because it tastes like ass and I'm not 15. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just like going over my options. And I was like inside the little apartment that we were staying at and was kind of pissed. And uh, our guitar player is Mike. Our guitar player, Mike Lowe, is just like, you know, you could just drink some fucking coffee, dude. We have plenty <laughs> of coffee here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, like I made I made a pot. And uh, I put some honey in it and a little bit of milk, and I was honey and into coffee. it. Never and I was tried. like, "Oh yeah, well, I'd I was, rather use honey than fucking processed sugar." I was stuck on it and went hard in the coffee paint for like yeah, yeah, me too. two and a half years, and then burned I was myself. Thirty out something was like, years old. It. Yeah, I was thirty something years old when I got into coffee. Yeah, it's like like you because you yeah. like that album was only a few years ago. Yeah, like I, same thing. It was like I got it was actually Pike's Place, just the normal roast Pike's Place mm -hmm. coffee. 
I know, I know you hate Starbucks, but I remember just like the certain taste of it. I'm like, okay, I actually kind of like this. I mean, but like getting it, getting it from them and the like getting a thing and making it at home is totally different. Cause when you, yeah, do yeah. It, when you do it at home, there's like the ritual. It's like when you make tea. Right? Yeah. Part yeah. of a big part of the enjoyment is like the ritual around making it and pouring it into your mug and add you being the one that adds the things and like being in control of the process my adhd is way too gnarly to have the ritual but i'm just (laughs) but i know a lot of people do have the ritual though and and i i I live with a very ritualistic person that's like every day he comes home he makes his lunch for the next day he does Mm -hmm. his thing he wraps a certain thing a certain way puts his box in the right place he does the whole thing and for me it's like madness it's like uh i might do that or do something different i might do like you know i might get a monster (laughs) i don't know like instead you know i might like monster dude yeah i mean i haven't got a monster in forever but like i'm all about celsius dude yeah celsius is good monster doesn't have celsius has the 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 small ones the green tea ones is that what you're talking about yeah they don't like pre-workout though that make you like itch they're not those ones right no they don't have they don't have much it's all like natural because it's the thermogenic ones I got the thermogenic ones from like uh, from uh, Costco once, and I was like, "Cool, dude!" And I'm like sweating and itching, like like. Oh, that's brutal, cool. man! You just gotta yeah, get yeah. Right. you just gotta get the regular ones, like it's okay, that, okay, okay. That, yeah, uh, just, strawberry yeah. guava or the wildberry. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay. dude. No, those are those are legit, dude. Definitely, yeah. like if if I'm gonna get if I'm like too much coffee, but I still want an energy drink. The Celsius, that's the one that I go for. I don't get, I, I don't I really bang get shit anymore. Now. Bang feels like I just snorted two lines, like, Dude. and then did a podcast. That's how I used to feel like. <laughs> for some reason, but, uh, bang and rain, like, I feel like I either like feel it and I'm like, oh my gosh, or, or don't feel or anything. Absolutely nothing happens. Yeah, 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 same, same. And and I went through enough of the absolutely nothing happens that I just don't fuck with it anymore. I just but don't want the fake. When we toured with Shadow ones. of Intent yeah, yeah. the first time, or I mean, I guess, I guess both times, Bryce Butler, like, he like didn't really even warm up ever. He would just drink a bang and then go up <laughs> on stage and like, <laughs> like, and just like geek out and like, you know. Annihilate his parts. It was sick. <laughs> this is how old I am. Car- Carnif- we toured with Carnifex, and like, um, uh, Four Locos had just come out. Like the the on uh, the band for Four Locos, would, like those just had just dropped. Mm-hmm. And we used to like get to the new town and be like, "All right, who's getting the Locos?" Let's go. <laughs> we just like when we'd have one and go on stage, and it would have like energy in it and a bunch of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And we called it. They're caffeinated. Yeah, we called it stage sauce. We we're like, dude, let's get some stage sauce. Like, oh, and like, yeah. and I'd just be like not drunk and, and obviously like weeds going everywhere and i was like a big weed smoker back then so i'd be like have that little bit of weed and i'd just be like fucking going up to the crowd like what's up what's going on? like all like cracked out mm-hmm. <laughs> and Man, like then I... a bunch of kids died on it and then they banned it and then it got all weak but the original four loco i was like high as fuck on those i, I remember I the og and I, I i did one experience with it and i because i, cause I I tend to be the one that can't turn the valve off. So once I start drinking, I keep going. So on three, four locos for me, I'm only five, seven, 160 pounds, dude. Three, four locos puts me into night night mode. And I ended up on the floor in DK's house. And it was like the weirdest. That's the thing, dude. It's burning. That's burning candles the burning the candle at both ends mm-hmm. type deal where you're just it's the hippie speed ball yeah yeah shit, you know yeah 
but in a can. <laughs> you, were, you were just talking about smoking. I remember when I was younger, I used to be able to do it and play shows and be fine. And yeah. Then, um, I remember this one time uh, <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was in, I was in Vale of Noth and we were playing this show with the Legion and it was, uh, what was it? Is the album release show, I think, for Form Shifter, maybe? Uh, okay. okay. Or maybe it was the Roll record after that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like smoked with Ezra and then it was like maybe 20 minutes before it was time for Vale to play. And then we... We went up and like I was playing our set, but I wasn't able to like really hit that flow state mode. So like as a vocalist, like you're looking at the crowd. You can't not yeah. look at the crowd. You're looking people in their face and stuff. And after a while, I'm just like, man, why the f why is everybody staring at me right now? Like <laughs> there's I'm I'm not doing vocals. Mikey Reeves is over here playing a guitar solo and like everybody like people are like looking and I just like could not get out of my own head. <laughs> oh god. I was so worst. uncomfortable. I've been and there. like ever yeah. ever since then I was just like, nah, dude. Just yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good. I mean, I just now I just go for on. For me, it would be the sober. physical <laughs> thing that would be the only thing that got in my way at that time. I inhaling can smoke. Do anything high, but it, doing the vocal I was the throat thing is what I was thinking about while you were talking is that's what would have gotten in my way is the cotton mouth and the dry throat that's why mm -hmm. i wouldn't really smoke too much before a, a show but i would be chiefing all night after that motherfucker <laughs> yeah i remember like my night most nightmare show was that kind of situation it was a uh, black dolly on the nocturnal tour and Brian got like a fucking like a pound of weed. We were like, it's a second show. Oh, kitty, my kitty's over here. Um, kitty, kitty cat. Keep him we're all we're all surrounded, dude. I have a cat here too. We have a couple cats, dude. I'm yeah, all, yeah. We're all cat people tonight, yeah. dude. We yeah. have uh, we have three cats and three snakes. Tonight oh, was nice. the night that Birdie uh, totally accepted me for the first time, dude. Because oh really? Oh, Mike's cat. Yeah, yeah. Mike's cat. One of Mike's cats, Birdie, and and that's the one that's that's been, a big deal when like, it happens during this whole time that i've been doing this like every time i'm like all right birdie's the one that's starting that warms up to me it used to take her uh a little bit of time but then eventually she'd come around and rub herself along the leg or sniff me or whatever like that and i was like all right i'm starting to be accepted you know yeah. and and uh tonight was the first night where i just showed up and birdie was like what's up dude and I was like, "Oh, dude! All right, dude! I'm <laughs> in <whatever>. now." <laughs> That's sick. No, um, yeah. uh, back on the the stoner story, um, because it's 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 <laughs> that was the story. My brain. Story. <laughs> it's that, like, you're like all my stories are stoner stories. But uh, you know, um, I remember uh, Brian got like a pound of weed, and we were in like Philadelphia or something, like at the Fillmore or something. It was like a huge show. It's the second show of the tour. First show was already insane, sold out at like BB King's in like downtown New York. Um, and then uh I'm just bonding with the dudes, you know, Black Dolly's always a band I've like always looked up to, and like I'm like, oh fuck, they're like our friends now. This is weird. And they're like, All right, do you want I was a big stoner back then, and they're like, Do you want to smoke? I'm like, fuck yeah, and he just pulls out like a pound. He's like, This guy just gave me a pound, and we started just rolling joints, like just we we're smoking the whole time, mm -hmm. and then I'm just like, I I can, it's like really fucking good shit. And I remember just going like, I'm high as fuck. Luckily I have time to like get sober. And then the fucking, 
<laughs> and then I, the time just flew by, and the uh, the tour manager goes like, "You guys are on in like 15 minutes." And I was like, <laughs> "No, dude, is the our doors open?" They're like, "Yeah, they've been open for like 45 minutes, for like 30 minutes." <laughs> and I go outside, what about and, I, and I remember I look out, and I remember there's like a little curtain because like curtains and shit, because we already sound checked and stuff, so that that's cool. We're already done with sound check, but like I looked out the curtain, and there's. It's like the war field. There's a there's like a thousand or two thousand people in the bottom, just like re- like ready to go. And then there's like a fucking top deck balcony of people just going, like ready to go. And I'm just like, oh no, dude, like this is a nightmare. Like I'm already like anxiety city. I'm like, this, we are, the last the first show we played with them, I was like fucking freaking out. And then like I got so high that I'm like, this is my nightmare. This is the number one worst day of my life. This is like oh, the worst no. thing I've ever done. And I'm I'm a bass player, so I'm not like having to do the vote. That would be, I'd probably just like make a big scene and leave and have to like quit the band <laughs> at that point. But uh, I remember I was like, all right, just go out there and just do it. And I remember just doing it. And I can only see the first like four rows of people. And I was like, all right, that's nice. And then mm-hmm. I started walking around. I'm like, I have confidence to walk around stage now. And there was a spotlight wa- like following me. Someone had a spotlight on <laughs> the top, and they were following me. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> when I was Tom like, and Jerry, like, yeah, yeah like, I got a motor, dude. I'm just trying to pick it. going to light and leave me alone, dude. I just, I just, exactly same thing. I was like, they totally Tom and Jerry. I was like, I was looking at it, just going like, "Fuck, this is like, like he's following me." And I'm like, I just froze. Like it turned to like a sub zero. He just like froze me with the with the spotlight i was like i just turned to a statue and i was like fuck get through this get through you this guys like ever uh like injured yourself on stage uh, i mean my ear 70 percent deaf now <laughs> that's like 90 percent deaf but yeah i've just done with like bad feedback and stuff i think that's what happened i had i had swine fluid around the same time so i don't really know if oh, it brutal. was uh yeah if it was one of those but um my ear right now is com- like it's complete i think it's completely deaf it's uh, I may have like rolled an ankle or something because I don't have any ankle support because I've performed in flip flops or or uh barefoot, but that's what else, as a vocalist. It. I have questions for you guys. How you ever, like you're live in front of people, then you have to sneeze. Like, what are you doing? Mm, <laughs> you're like, no, I've never had to sneeze live, dude. The it, adrenaline um, takes that over, right? You don't have to deal with, yeah. Sneezing. I think that gets that, that's actually a good point, right there, dude. Burping. I think that there's certain things Burping? like. Burping is like the one thing that I you push because there's a bunch of airs getting pushed and you can get well, a, build a burp up. It's because sometimes like especially like in those moments where you're like sick, I have a I have like a down section. There's a solo happening. I'm going to go take a sip of water. Sometimes oh, it's like a little too yeah. much or there's some, too like, much air, quick, air or something like but that. But you got to come back and do some shit and then you feel the burp in you. Yeah. I've and straight up. I've thrown up on stage perform, yeah. because, because of something like that, like trying to fight it. <laughs> and then so it kind of just like oh, the bubble when wins it, when it when it happens it's just like, <laughs> and it might add some, it might add some know. texture to something if it comes uh, out at the right moment the, the, thing that, <laughs> the thing that sucks about it is that like it like burns the inside of your you know oh, like yeah the acids. fucking bile like, and stuff there was there was one time like i now i try not to eat like it like four hours four or five yeah, hours before we play right? i feel you on that um because In I had this experience moment. once where I ate way too close and I straight up just like three quarters of the way set through the set during a solo section vomited in front of uh, dude, it, like just like on That's to sick, the front of the crowd, like <laughs> in the pit area. I, I felt so bad. There was one dude that like slipped in it and like ate shit. 
<laughs> did he fall off a six foot stage and no. break his knee for this time? No, 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 not a, not as bad as that one. But All I think right. the only time I've ever hurt myself on stage was um, there was once uh, uh, Tethys was playing a show with Neoblascaris and a Legion, mm-hmm. and um, was sold out, and the the dude that was shooting the show got like too close to the stage so like he was like up on it kind of like pressed against it and like he angled his camera and lens up as i was going down and uh my head collided with his camera lens and at first i thought Mm -hmm. i head butted him because i just like my eyes were kind of closed and i opened Mm -hmm. them and i just saw stars for a second and i looked at him and i was like all right this person's still standing i'm still standing I don't see any blood on you. Like, cool. I didn't like headbutt your nose. We're all right. And then uh, a couple seconds go by and I go to like adjust my in-ear. And when I pull my hand away, I just see blood on my hand. Uh, and then it's like everything goes slow-mo. And I like look at the crowd and I'm like, like oh no, blood on these people. <laughs> and I like look over at Corey and I'm like, there's a little bit of blood on Corey. And then so I do this and I pull my hand away and it's like covered in blood. Jesus. And um, I had ended up headbutting their camera lens and shattering their camera lens with my forehead. Uh, and it split and open I, on your forehead. Yeah. And I, I ended up uh, after I finished our set, I tried to use my my shirt as like a turban thing. It worked momentarily. Um <laughs> But, you get stitched uh, up? Yeah, uh, that happened during oh. like the second song in our set. So I finished the set Jesus. and then I went outside and I like picked my phone up and I was like, all right, let me see what this looks like. And I remember the old vocalist uh, for a Legion, Riley McShane, walked up to me and I was like, dude, I don't think I need stitches. I think it'll be fine. And he's like, if you still want to be pretty, you need to go get <laughs> stitches. That's going to be a really <laughs> ugly scar. And I was yeah, like, yeah. man, fuck. And so I went back, uh, got stitched up. Uh, I needed eight stitches, and then I came back to the show, and as I got there, Neavlascaris had like just finished playing, and I was like, "Man, that was the second time they'd been in the stage." And I was like, "I thought for sure I would get to see them this time. I yeah. played the show with them. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get to see their set, but uh, uh, eight stitches weird. means you definitely needed yeah. to get stitched up, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't something yeah. you could leave to the morning and be like, ah. I thought, How do I, I feel about this now? I, it was the first time I had ever gotten stitches. So I thought that I would be able, like, just looking at it, I was like, I could probably, like, super glue it. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And that would have got you through at least to the end of the tour. But you'll be probably your scar, probably. Yeah. I had a I friend one time that literally, like, he came to my house and he was, like, drunk as shit. This is, like, back at the Furniture Dumb days. And he had, like, his buddy, he was, like, fucking with his buddy. His, he jumped on the back of his car. But he just his buddy put it in reverse, and like he slammed his head, and his lip was just hanging off. Like he was all smiling. He's like he's all he's all it's gross, right? And he'd smile, and it just like would just be like it would just be completely. It was like a huge split, like this big right here. It's like it's funny, right? It's like over here, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> oh dude, and, that's that's and then me why up. are you <laughs> Bill from decrepit in the hospital right no, now? Bill from De- we had a hospital across the street. And Bill from Decrepit's like, dude, I'll just fucking fix that right now and just fucking put super glue on it. And it was fine. It's forever fine. And of I was course, like, old when school I... punk rocker surfer fucking Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember just watching, we were all like drinking, like it's like a 
10 people there and we're just watching him get his like lips because it was like hanging it was disgusting it was one of the most disgusting things it was probably an inch deep on his on his lip and it was just like fucking like a filleted out and i was like dude you need to go to the but it wasn't bleeding though it was just tripping me out your mouth shouldn't open up sideways bro you need to go to the hospital (laughs) he's like fucking predator just like insane but um you brought it's supposed to be 3d not 2d dude exactly (laughs) since you brought up uh bill dude like i remember the first time i heard decrepit birth i was actually in high school and it was like when um right around the time diminishing between worlds came okay yeah yeah. super killer record uh and um i was not it like uh (laughs) oh did you join afterwards yeah oh i joined during that run they they i was i was jamming with them right after they recorded it so Uh, like okay okay. bass player issue or just wasn't showing up or something and they were Mm -hmm. like and it was two weeks before the black dahlia tour and they were like um i remember i was at panda express and they were like bill called me it's like do you want to join and i was like because we jammed in the Let same me get spot. get this chicken real quick, bro, and I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I was in the parking lot, like, just pulled up. was like, I'm about to get down with that orange chicken. And um, <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, fuck, what did I just do? All right, I just joined a crowd of birth. All right, I have to go uh, practice a bunch and learn the whole set in, like, two weeks. For me, That's that was kind of a, you know, I'm not like, I mean, I can do it, but I, like, was freaking out a little bit. And I was yeah. after, like. Two weeks, First, two weeks to learn those songs, like yeah, they're playing, playing "End Time Begins" like, and shit. They're playing like like hard songs too. Yeah, and I was like, "Happy like, anniversary, right?" Is it what? What's the anniversary? It just recently hit a, a twenty oh, year, right? It was uh, yeah, two thousand three, I think that came out. Yeah, Jesus, twenty Christ. year anniversary, dude, guys. That's crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah. How oh, insane is that? That that was a, a pinnacle, and it still holds up dude i remember just like when i first i remember when they first uh released samples of anti begins they're like oh this new band from santa cruz and we were like in santa cruz and i was like let me listen to these samples i'm like what the fuck is i was like trying to start on my own band with carrie and i'm like dude maybe carrie we can get good enough one day to play a show with them like maybe we can like open for them one day or something that was like my dream was like just and i was hearing these samples i was like this is like inhuman music i didn't know anything about any kind of drum replace, even though they like, they didn't drum replace, but they used you know clips of Tim Young and stuff. But uh, well, I I just want to throw out the fourth, fifth, seventh, hundredth time I've said this story real quick. I'm not going to do it. The whole uh, very abridged version. Sod magazine CDs used to come with it. Unique Leader did one. It was Decrepit Burst Prelude to the Apocalypse with fucking Kevin Talley on drums. And that oh, was yeah, my yeah. first. Hell yeah. Very first yeah. introduction to Decrepit. Like half speed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, half speed. But I, actually, in reality, I loved that speed. I was like, this is too fast when it came, when Antime <laughs> began came out. I was like, so used to Prelude in, in the demo version that yeah. it, it came a little too much, too fast. But I eventually enjoyed the speed that it is now accompanied by the rest of the songs on that album you know um it's a nice intro to the rest of the album because that's actually probably the not the slowest but like yeah yeah you know it's the easiest appetizer (laughs) for what really were to was to come for that album decrepit sets i'd be like oh thank god it's prelude we're done like it's so like that'd be like compared to everything else i'm like this is so chill all right finally we're for to this you know but uh 
yeah if it wasn't my friends in the band like no you know jamming with them because casey was we were sharing a drummer it wasn't like hanging out with all them all the time i was already like close with them so i was like if it wasn't for that i'd be like fuck no i'm not doing that you know like i needed that comfortability of of because i was had low confidence in myself playing that stuff so i was like i you know i need friends to be like this is am i doing good tell me a little bit and also tell me if i'm doing bad tell me if i'm doing it or not like don't be all awkward and be like all right dude that was a good good job you know like i'd I'd just sit in front of matt and play the songs and be like all right fucking he's like all right fuck yeah like let's do it you're in i was like all right and that just took me down that whole rabbit hole of banana town with fucking decrepit but uh i don't know why i went down that road having (laughs) having uh friends in the in the band is like friends that you have fun with you know like like, you uh, know yeah that's kind of how i ended up joining in fury is like um you know like malcolm and i chatted quite a bit back in like the myspace days when i like first found in fury like right before they released the end of an era and like went on hiatus for a long time um and then the first time i met him he was uh playing with discreet and they rolled through colorado and i was like dude sick i finally gotta meet this dude discreet is really sick yeah you know yeah I forgot uh, he was in discreet. Jesus. Oh yeah, dude. That that album that he did with them was super. With Zach, he went to Zach Irwin. Yeah, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, so the years go by, and like I was, uh, I joined Equipoise with um, Nick and Sanjay, That's right. and um, okay. we released a record with the Artisan Era, and uh, the vocalist that Inferi had at the time, Sam Schneider, who did Revenant, was unable to. He did like. Uh, he wasn't able to tour with them right away and so um malcolm had asked me like knowing that like him and i would work well together and what my voice sounded like most recently with doing stuff for equipoise um if i would want to fill in and i was like dude fuck yeah he sent me the set list and i was like tight i need to learn one of these songs i already know all of the other songs mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh fuck yeah 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 so, so i've already i've already done them in the shower i already know how they go <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. and then um you know did did that tour with them it was uh with alter beast alter beast was the the headlining band on for really the feast right. winter tour i saw and, that that's where i first saw you yeah it was, yeah, dude, yeah 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 it was it was a whole lot of fun and yeah because uh, i remember asking uh last night with me and joseph were what at, year was uh, that igor uh, that was 2018 okay maybe that wasn't the first time i saw it but that uh but it was so you were playing you were in your 20s though, dude you what? you weren't even 30 yet you were 29 right yeah, you're, yeah, you, yeah. you said you're 34 so that mm-hmm. you were still in your 20 that's that's that was at holy diver though that hit holy diver in sacramento though right that's i think that's where yes. i first yeah, saw yeah. you yeah, we, yeah. We, okay we played holy diver uh at that one and i think um wait had they changed the name oh it was a like it was a different venue before yeah or no they yeah they they had changed the name i can't remember what it was called because like i rolled through there once with lights and we played and it was like the last show yeah okay sorry i was doing the the opposite holy diver satanic flyer sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah, that was the the first tour that I did with um, In Fury, and then Sam did the next tour That's after that totally with Rivers, and kind of yeah, decided okay. that he didn't want to like be in a touring band. And so, since we'd kind of already established that connection and like worked well together, um, I remember I was at work one day and Malcolm called me and was like, "Hey, dude, uh, do you want to join In Fury full time?" And I was like, "Yes, cool, all right." 
sick dude a, a band would be so lucky i mean just just talking to you and also too like it brings me back to like the whole like you know death metal does bring out a lot of chill people um i can just you tell people dude i can just tell that you're like you're a dream vocalist <laughs> and to like because to, well, to, you're like super chill you're somebody that I, definitely i would want to be touring if i had to tour somebody that, in a band would, with you like you're chill yeah. you're nice you're respectful like and i can tell like everything you have all those qualities too is because you know you'll meet the people that are like oh like i'm friends with them that's cool then you get in a van with them and they're just like a fucking nightmare you know there's but, this that's okay so dude, joel Thank you're you, with the, I, I you're on this it. episode right now with me 151 how many people have we talked to in the amount of time that we've been doing this show and i can't count it no but i'm just saying how many people have been awesome probably 149 of them <laughs> maybe 147 <laughs> okay maybe yeah that's my positive vibe and joel's probably being more real re realistic like there's probably like five or well, one thing that, uh, one thing about the podcast that's really cool is that i come into it going like oh like i heard something about this person or something not nothing not with this one but just like in the guttural past reef. Oh, Wait, i'm not i'm sorry to cut you off but guttural reef there's one episode that uh <laughs> has been pulled from our channel that wasn't a bad were... guest i mean we did get in a fight with him on, on air. and he burned all his bridges by the end of it and we that was got, that we, we got it was up for six days and then we got hit up by a lawyer what are you talking about <laughs> what <laughs> we've never talked about it on there Dude, but anyways insane. uh that is insane. Um, it, it is kind of weird how even knowing how ultimately small the different tiers that are in metal are yeah yeah you know mm -hmm. what i mean Definitely. that some people still insist on burning bridges like oh i know yeah. i mean like, usually it's it's leaders it's like, of bands i would like say right yeah like straight up like they're like oh i'm in a band but i'm also an arsonist and so they like you know like fucking just like <laughs> compulsively <Dude. laughs> that's kind of how this guy was dude i was like in the beginning okay so uh full disclosure where we're gonna break the full we're gonna break the fourth out wall what i uh, take that back we're gonna break the fourth wall right now really hard before when we asked you uh when we started before we started this episode stevie what did we ask you is there anything we don't want you don't want us to talk about that's yeah. a, a, we a did that. okay we don't have to say anything about you but i'm just saying which by the way he didn't have anything but this guy immediately started listing oh, listing, off listing off like hard things. things like like the, here's all the specifics like Oh no! Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't no. want to talk about anything that happened from yeah. 2002 but, to but 2007. Also, but also, it's a it's a mental it's mental illness shit. So I don't want to like get too oh, deep yeah. in that, dude. Well, I didn't say any name. <laughs> I mean, I it's mean, well, I mean, just because it's, it's not like the person. Dude, it's not like a normal person. No, it's not like a normal person with like normal like no problems. Like he has like so what you want if he's watching this episode, you're you're looking out for him right now because nobody knows anything about that. So it's I mean. All good. I mean, no, I mean, I'm saying it's like I'm trying. There's a, there's an asterisk there. Like he he was chill, and then there's like an ups and downs, and then it yeah, would get really totally angry and really chill. And like chose chose violence. He chose to burn. He was like, oh, here's like the list, and then I was like, oh no, dude. And then go live or whatever. Did we do live then? We probably didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't. 
no, it, it was, was recorded. Right. Actually, no, no, that's the reason why I was like, we're gonna go live now because I because people would say stuff and then Casey would be tasked with I have to go edit all that shit out. Edit all that and out. I was, yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know what? what a pain in the ass. Yeah, it would take him like Dude. an hour, two hours, three hours sometimes. And I was like, and he was like pissed off in the morning. I like woke up to it and I was like, you know what? Let's just go fucking live. And if he says it, he says it. It's not on you. You don't have to yeah. worry about anything yeah. like that anymore. So that's actually that was the uh that was the episode where the little lawyer thing came and I was like, and there was like 20 edits he had to do, and I was like, dude, just erase it and we're going live. We're just if you they want to say it, they say it, and that's on them, that's on us. And we're not yeah, like yeah. pushing misinformation, like they're just saying it. Like I'm not, you know, we're not right. like it's not like a yeah. So anyways, so it just but came yeah, down to he, did, thing. he definitely did burn some motherfucking bridges Plus, like, on in, that episode. In in the in to the credit of like long long form kind of like podcasts and stuff like that too like i feel like as a listener you're less worried that anyone's trying to push any certain kind of agenda you know what i mean like, yeah i i know people people love them some some tiktok clips or whatever but like at the end of the right. day like if you get to watch something from start to finish and there's not like a bunch of like hard cuts you know that like you get the full piece of information there's not right you know what yeah. i mean like there's there's not something that could be edited to make someone look bad or dumb or anything yeah, you like get a that. Honest way to assess your own opinion, you yeah. know? There's Plus nothing like missing or added. It's just there. And then you can, I think that's where you really be, you get your honest opinion from anybody's converse. We're voyeurs in this podcasting situation we were totally the guys with the the cup on the wall while we're listening <laughs> to the neighbors and seeing what the fuck they're saying you know and oh dude she's moaning dude maybe i can <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying but that's the same exact thing it's like we're listening in on something else and trying to like act like we're there but we're really not you yeah. know, everybody who's in the chat right now, they're experiencing experiencing this in the moment. But anybody else who goes on YouTube, it's just them going into a uh, environment that they want to like act like they're chilling with whoever. Yeah, that's how I feel when I listen to these podcasts. That my, I, it's like I, you're just like, like a fly on the wall. Different yeah, yeah. Podcasts that I subscribe to. I'm waiting for them every single week. What's up with Joe List and fucking Mark Norman, dude? Like, <laughs> I want to hang out with my bros over in fucking New York and hear him talk about fucking all this shit that everybody else in California doesn't want to hear. Him that's talk like about. a ghost. Get your ghost real. guest. You're just sitting there, just like I am, like a it's, clear person that's see through. But I'm here. With funny you how attached you get to certain <laughs> things like that. Like, um, mm -hmm. I mean, this this one's more of like a youtube show than uh than a podcast but there's this youtube show that i watch called the y files and it comes out every thursday at mm -hmm. 8 at 8 p.m right oh, or 8 p.m central they're competing right? with us dude 8, what the 8 fuck, p.m dude? 8 p.m central so uh happens earlier so i actually got to watch tonight's episode before uh -huh. i even had to set up for this yeah um, yeah but i remember like a couple weeks ago they um were they're building a new studio so they like missed a week and it totally fucked my whole thursday night i was like <laughs> i don't even know what to do without my 
without same, my freaking, you know, because it's like I listened yeah. to the, the episode when I'm at work. So hard, dude. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, from, from when I sleep, I like I, my eyes are really. I'm finding out my eyes are really sensitive, so I have to put on those the blinders, you know. Yeah. But I got the blinders now that with like a Bluetooth speakers in them, mm-hmm. yeah. so I just mm-hmm. put a podcast on with blinders and I go to bed. And there's yeah. certain shows that I'm like, dude, it's fucking Sunday. Like it's mm-hmm. a new episode. It's not there. I'm like. I don't even know what to do now. Yeah, to, like a comedy one, I'm going to start laughing. I don't also, start Anthony, like I said, it's 8 p.m. Central. So I get to enjoy that and yeah, yeah. chew on it before I chew on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what awesome. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. The fact that they're two totally different spheres of things just goes okay. along with one of those like entire spectrums of satiation, you know? Because Y Files is like all like conspiracy. Uh, yeah, yeah, or or like weird, Which, love, weird paranormal kind of shit, shit dude. I, so. I, I, I'm not gonna necessarily latch onto it, but I love hearing conspiracy stuff. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I just no, love dude, listening to the, That's I, like one cool I, thing about it too is the dude like he'll he walks through it right, like what the what people what what people view it as, and uh-huh. then he breaks it down and he's like, well, this is the actual evidence that like proves that yeah. Like, yeah. This doesn't have this didn't happen and that didn't happen, but this part did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so on and so mm-hmm, forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I like yeah. that. That uh, that's the thing with the conspiracy guys. Like, uh, I'll I'm gonna shout out. Uh, like I know him, fucking Sam Tripoli, dude. He oh, okay is so fucking funny, and and there's some things in the tinfoil hat you know that's his his podcast dude there's some things where he hits the fucking bullseye and then like he has conspiracy uh fucking now i can't remember the the name of the show but he does it with brian callan and then brian callan's like that that uh the skeptic other side yeah the skeptic exactly dude and, and I love that back and forth dynamic, dude. Yeah, it's like having a Mulder and a Scully, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and yes, the thing that I think is cool about uh, about stuff like that is like a whole lot of it I do not believe in or buy into, but I just like I don't know. It's just interesting. It's like it's like he's there. It's like having the club. That's it's having the uh, yeah. it's like having the soundproofing on the echo chamber. It's like mm-hmm. you have a little soundproofing to like, all right, you can't echo it back to me, motherfucker. I'm gonna be skeptic on what you're saying and kind yeah. of like. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really actually kind of like that. That's I just for want me, aliens to be completely confirmed real. Everybody's starting to feed me bullshit now. I feel like it's kind of bullshit. I think it's like there's some real shit that's been there for a while, but now they're like divvying it out like strategically to be like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I feel like the, the way that it's the way that it's coming out seems like pretty disingenuous. Yeah, it's you like a politically I mean? covering like, up other political things. It's like, all right, aliens. It, just, it feels performative. Yes, to me, that's what it know? is. Like dude. it doesn't, it doesn't, it I doesn't don't need, feel I, like. If I need a performance, I'm going to go see Igor, dude. I'm go <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Parade, Igor, dude. <laughs> Igor. I guarantee you, the the way that you guys talked about the spiritual experience that you guys had witnessing Igor seems a million times more interesting than watching those freaking hearings. <laughs> yeah, you know, like dude. And hearings, also, dude. Like, I've gone to bed to hearings before. At, Jesus, at this Puts point, sleep, though. at this point, like I just show me the shit or shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, not yeah. gonna show me something, then just like I don't even want to hear you talking about it. Like, just I don't care. 
Like, yeah. Just, until you can be like, well, check this shit out. We got a crazy yeah. ass craft. Or like, here's a, an, a legit corpse fucking... and not that like fake Mexican thing that came yeah, out. Yeah, that was fucking bullshit, that, dude. That's just like, it, it <laughs> was that edible or the fact that dude. anyone bought into that is like, no, I you, didn't. Have you ever seen clay? <laughs> have you ever seen someone do something with clay? Because that's what that looks like, dude. It's fucking clay. And and how, what a shitty sculpture that was out of clay. Yeah, by dude. The way. For sure. I I feel like someone was just really really proud of their kid, right? And they're like, we can't put this up on the fridge, but you know what we can do? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, we found <laughs> it. You're gonna be you'll you'll eventually get to that point too, where you're like, maybe I can pass this off as fucking Mexican aliens, dude. <laughs> When uh, when your daughter brings the fucking sculpture that she made at school for the first time, dude. Yeah, and a lot of those people it's, though, I've noticed it's kind of like a for a lot of friends that I have that get go down. I have a bunch of friends that go down the conspiracy rabbit holes, mm-hmm. and um, they it's just to me it's like a I don't want to say a mind virus, but because there are some conspiracies that are complete they're completely true. But the mm-hmm, thing, yeah. but the, when everything Proven, becomes crazy. But when everything is true, though, and everyone's real, or it's like every conspiracy is legit, it's like no matter. It's just because. And first of all, one thing they hate too these the the conspiracy theorists is being called a conspiracy. That's like calling them the worst word you could ever think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's like to them that like shoots them down and makes them look dumb. But I'm like, it's dude, like but everyone that you're bringing for up, people. It's, I was gonna say that. But I say it. <laughs> I'll let you say that. But uh, <laughs> but uh. No, I mean it's it's it's, a, it's the same thing as like it um like every conspiracy is true. It's like, but then the flat Earth one is the one where they're like, well, I don't believe in that one. But then everything else is like, dude, it's fucking true, hundred percent. Like, mm-hmm. check this out. And I'm like, well, dude, first of all, everyone's not correct. Like, you know, there's there's you know probably there's a low percentage probably hitting that are actually evidently like, true. But like to say that anytime it's a conspiracy that you're like. I'm in, dude. It's the just, big government doing this, you know. An open mind. That's the whole. But thing. But not too like, open. You have to be. A, you have to be very and have the. Uh, you gotta adjust your bullshit meter. I'm not so, yeah, relapsing yeah. my anus on the world. I'm just fucking opening it up a little bit, dude. You can see inside, but I'm not gonna let anything out. <laughs> I know. know. Yeah, yeah. You have a, a small prolapse. Yeah. Like a uh, just ex- <laughs> you know whatever might want to wander in. Yeah, I think that uh the flatter thing is total like yeah, it's just, that, that it's, a, it's kinda, a it's a legitimate one... like thought contagion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. it just yeah. kind of infects people, and um, and I think it's and, it's, and it's like, there are just a few like that a are real that contagion. It, it stays dormant for a little bit, and then it starts to come back into the current reality. And now all of a sudden we're like, oh shit! No, flat it's, Earth is here again. You know, it's it's a like, it's back a cosplay. Was when it got mm-hmm. suppressed the first time. It's cosplay. It's cosplay. I, I think they all secretly know. I mean, not all of them, yeah, but I, which, I think a lot of them. It's a, it's a group of people that they 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 like that they're friends with, and and they want to keep. It's like a thing that they're like, we're not gonna. And it's a lot of people with a lot of things. They like they'll get the evidence and be like, no, dude. Uh, let me find a, a way to zigzag around this and find a reason why that's false. That's mm-hmm. like totally doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and they'll just be like, "Oh, it's because of this," and the government. Oh, that's what you think it is, but it's a hologram. And they're like, "Dude, Which brings me to my next question." Thing about Steve. it too. Oh, oh. Yeah, what's up? Oh. Um, Steve was going. Tell me, tell me the uh, the the specific magical fucking whatever you got to say to reanimate a corpse in Harry Potter mythology. 
What do you? What, what is that called? The the oh oh inferior. I mean, you got you got to fucking <laughs> tell me how to say it if I'm gonna if that's your band. Are you? Name. Do you, you want to know pronunciation? That's, what am I? What am I? It's it's not the potion. Obviously, it's not. That's a physical thing. What is it? The thing that you say if you're a magician and you got to say this. Abracadabra. Oh no, yeah, that's, that's abracadabra like the... is a version of it. But what is what is the name for it? Is it a? It's not a ritual. Did you interrupt a, Steve's a story for this? <laughs> no, I don't have any story. I'm just trying to be. Now I'm like lost in the thing that I was trying to tie it back to the band. Yeah, pull us out of the weeds right it's now. A, it's a it's a curse. Oh. I honestly I don't curse. remember. There it is. Yeah, so yeah. what's the, or is it a curse? Is it? I mean. That, Tech, technically, it would be a curse a because, like, when you when it, you create, right? yeah, yeah, because like when you create an inferior, it's like something that's specifically resurrected to do the bidding of a sorcerer. So it's not like you come back to life and you're like, haha, I'm gonna go back to just be in my life. Like you're, no, you're, you're pretty like much a, like ritualistically enslaved to do the bidding of a sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't so remember. Become, oh, that's crazy. Dude. I don't remember the incantation, but I will also say that see, these are all the words that I couldn't find. Curse, <laughs> incantation, fucking. There's still something in there that I probably was thinking about that I couldn't remember. Yeah. But, but that, that's where the band's name originally comes from. And, you know, it, like it was done years and years before I was in the band. Uh, but um, Ooh, he's separating himself from it. Yeah. No, but no, I, no, okay. I mean, I, no, I mean, I fuck with it, dude. I, I'm, I'm on the way. I'm on the wavelength that we're like, talking conspiracy theories and all that. Shit. Really like, let's talk That's magic no for a second, dude. Magic I've read gathering? Crowley for a while, you know. Yeah, I, I I know about Jack Parsons and his shit with sex magic and Crowley and all oh, okay. that kind of stuff. So I, I what what is it about? Um, you know, joining that band you're going to if you're going to be a part of something that's already been established you kind of want to take on some of that essence that they had there right so mm -hmm. you know what what's in there with why they named their band that and all that like so is magic something that even on a a subtle level has been a part of your life at some point um i'd say the biggest piece of magic that plays a role in my life regularly is actually magic the gathering the trading card game dude I, i'm dude, totally I, in it i i play i mean i'm not in it but i'm totally down with that you're saying yeah. that yeah yeah i it's like it's like the one actual hobby that i have um especially like now as a parent it's like i have time to work and do family stuff and do music stuff and then whatever time i have beyond that is dedicated mm -hmm. to, to magic the gathering um, but going along with what you just said about like taking on or furthering the ideas that are at the core of a band, uh, Inferior was a band that was very influential to me when I heard like the end of an era and the path of apotheosis and Revenant. And so, uh, the way that Josh and Malcolm would write lyrics and stuff like that and focus on songwriting was something that. I actually took a lot of inspiration from with what I was working on with like Equipoise and previous bands I had been in. And so um, I feel like getting into the fold with it being something that had already inspired me so much and mm -hmm. I had sort of based some work off of, uh, it wasn't very difficult for me to 
like find a way to write about things that fit the right. lyrical body of the band and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the first thing that I had like written with the band was the EP of Sunless Realms. And um, each of the stories that were a part of that are like different takes on uh, Lovecraft stories. And nice. so, yeah, nice. my, one of my favorites uh, from it is uh, the Abhorrent Art. It's the first song on the EP. It is like a retelling of The Hound. Um, and then okay. like Aeon's Torn is the other really big one. Uh, I guess is probably the most popular song from that EP. Um, it's about the starry night cult waking Cthulhu. And uh, I tried to just like, you know, I picked things that are very relevant to... Um, like the overall mythos that the band is is about and like experiments with in terms of like having a, a bit of fantasy and a bit of horror and a little bit of sci-fi kind of right. blended in together. And mm-hmm. uh, I tried to, to like do it as best I could, but um, I didn't want to like rip anything directly from him. So like other than basic incantation, like everything that is that is there is like my voicing uh malcolm wrote one song called uh spellbound unearthed terror and um that one's still based off of like a lovecraftian artifact that is used and there's this whole story that's like original that's told about it um yeah yeah but yeah that's i kind of uh you know like i said coming that's from... super cool dude i mean and and lovecraft is i i hope uh somewhat of a household name in certain bubbles i connected with him you know quite early and cthulhu is literally become like a a lifelong metaphor for um the negativity that we hold within ourselves dude and if you think about um uh, how I've attributed um, negative emotion to back pain, you know? So I've I've literally come with the metaphor of there's a Cthulhu sleeping at the bottom of my back that <laughs> will, you know, wake up and cause havoc yeah. if I feed it too much negativity, you mm-hmm. know? And that's the same thing with the Lovecraftian story of Cthulhu, which is this, this, um, um, you know, enemy of humanity that is waiting at the bottom of the ocean, just, you know, until it finally awakes and comes and just takes us out, you know? And so, and if you think of us as a collective consciousness, that, that metaphor is everybody's me, and I'm on the earth waiting for Cthulhu to come out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I keep Cthulhu down sleeping? Yeah. Uh, fight it with positivity, dude. Fight it with the, the, the cool shit that the muse feeds me and, and, and brings that, that positive vibe to my life that keeps Cthulhu at the bottom of the fucking ocean dude and you fucking stay there dude even though you're sick as fuck because you're cephalopod in the head and you're fucking <laughs> super sick and i can't even really fully pronounce your name because it the the my mouth can't fully 
extend the the noises that would be your mm-hmm. true name yeah. you know because i'm just mere human while you're a fucking demigod sleeping at the bottom of the ocean but just fucking stay down there dude just like i'm having a good time <laughs> on the beach with my fucking flip-flops and a fucking cocktail in my hand dude while the fucking sun's burning my skin because i forgot to put sunscreen on you know dude, ian, ian just nailed you dude you just got called out i've had i've had quite a bit of uh back and forth with cthulhu and my wife dude sorry no like, no, no that's that's like that's sick it's uh it's pretty crazy that it's become the face of cosmic horror and the nature of like the ineffable and the unknowable is something that people seek to prescribe to a number of different things. I feel like it, you know, that kind of, it, it falls in line very closely with, uh, with like religion and like that sort of worship, mm-hmm. but they're kind of just like two different sides of the same uh, coin of sublimation. A lot of people, Will take the word sublime and they think that it means like this like super fun light-hearted you know what i mean yeah, yeah but but like if you look into like the etymology of sublime it's like it's not all peaches and cream baby like sub, you know what i mean like it's our sub <laughs> so it's probably not um, yeah, it, yeah. It, exactly <laughs> uh but yeah it's, it's kind of uh it's it's cool how many different ways it can be applied and like, yeah yeah you know like what people can do with it definitely well fucking stevie thank you i know you're a you're a new father i'm actually gonna try to make the uh the old the old uh he's talking to him are you are you talking to his mic went out again sit <laughs> um, <laughs> did i mute yeah. you i didn't mute you you're not muted watch i'll mute you now <laughs> now you're muted <laughs> And now he's like mad that I muted him that his mic's not working. <laughs> but uh no, thanks for coming on. I know that uh actually, yeah, I, I have the, the future plans of doing the old uh, procreation. I'm I'm uh, I'm always oh, interested yeah, to hear uh you know people's perspective perspective. It's your first, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I heard you talking about like, you know, I'm Carrie, my best friend, same thing. I was with him kind of hand in hand when you know, first have a baby and they're just sleeping all the time. You're like, this is fucking chill. And then like, they're trying to jump off the stairs at two. And then you're like, you have to like, you're basically just like a padded, you're like a pillow for them. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, don't die. Like, please don't die. It's like, I've, I've, I've seen it with a bunch of different parents and stuff. So, um, how old is your daughter again? Uh, she's daughter. 11, she's 11 months. She'll be okay, a okay. year, like at the end of this month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, how, so that first year, I'm actually just for me. What, what am I in for? Uh, what's, what's going? Like, you know, it's gonna be obviously a, you know, it's gonna be a crazy, um, whirlwind of all emotions and all the things. Yeah. But Dude, um, it's, it's Anthony had one. He was like six years old. But um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's still trying to talk in the mic is the my favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's wild, man. Like the. Yeah. It's it's hard to describe, dude. Like I honestly like I don't ever want to take my eyes off of her. Like even just watching the way that she reacts to stuff, especially as she becomes more expressive, is like the most 
interesting thing to me so like so you when you when you first were thinking even before you even thought about having a child and maybe having a thought of what it would be like versus mm -hmm. what it's become what would be the biggest difference of like your pre-child to post-child kind of like a mindset so i feel like the the biggest difference between pre and post like i guess that i didn't account for is just that like and this is gonna sound like the most cliche thing. No, no, I want to the world, I, dude. But I mean, like, it, people the, keep saying it, probably. So it's the day for she reason. was the day she was born, it was like there was just this switch that flipped in my yeah. head. I just kind of like knew what to do, and I knew what my role was. And just genetics came in. Yeah, and and on top of that too, it's just like I didn't, I never realized, like up until then the love that I have for my wife was like by far the greatest thing that I had experienced like that. And, and your child was born. You're I like, love, Who the fuck are I you? love my wife and I will do anything for her. But like, Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that overwhelming. was, that's a drop in the bucket compared to. Yeah. The, yeah. And it's, it's cool too, because I feel like it, it's kind of made me like look at and talk to and deal with other people a bit differently like i feel mm -hmm. like i'm a bit more com like compassionate and patient mm -hmm. overall um but yeah man like it's it's wild like last night for example uh i try not to let her watch like too much of anything but it, you know every, we were having like a, a family night last night and we're mm -hmm. all just sitting down and we watched nightmare before christmas which is like a movie that i've seen a million times since i was a kid mm -hmm. and pretty much the entire movie I was just like watching her and looking at her reaction to things and like how her face would change and what she liked and didn't like and you know kind of seeing her little hands move when the songs happen and stuff See, like, like that. See like natural reaction to stuff like yeah, a natural human reaction. It's it's like the most interesting thing in the world to me. Like I I just yeah. you know getting getting to see her and watching those little gears turn is Yeah, yeah. so cool. That's yeah, it's I can see that. That's like it's your your human too. It's like like what you're showing them and how they're reacting to it. It's like mm -hmm. it's in what they will become. It's kinda up to you. You know, yeah. it's kind of like it's your your storyline. It's your movie that you kind of get to direct. But yeah, that's crazy, man. That's I, I look forward to it. I just know the whole like the epiphany of once the baby is born. Is like the whole that's the thing. But one thing I'm kind of bummed about is like everyone's saying that always. So now I'm like, I'm like expecting it too much now. I'm like, I'm supposed to be like, oh my God. It's like, and that's what everyone always says. Every, every person that's ever had a, a child for their first child goes like, when I held them, it's the, my life was changed. And I'm like, now I'm, I'm expect, it's like when you're expecting that, you know, the, the story now, you know, like, and, uh, but it's still what you're saying is that it's still, it just overtakes everything. Yeah, it's just like, not even. And, and like I said, dude, I had I'd heard it a million times before, and that's why I was like, "This is gonna sound like some cliche, cliche yeah. bullshit, dude." But yeah, like I can't and, wait. That's and for sick. me, when it really hit when she was born, is like, you know, I watched her come out and the doctor, and I cut the umbilical cord, and then he handed her to my wife, and I was just kind of like sitting there stunned, and I was like, "Is this it? Is this the, is this the thing? Like, am I feeling it yet?" And then my wife like she kind of like turns her over and she's like that's your dad and as soon as she said the word dad oh, i was just shit. like 
fucking started bawling <laughs> my eyes out and like, was like it's like the realization hit me at that it, at that syllable and i was just that's like, red oh my gosh okay whoa like it's like you're, you're it's almost like your genetics come online it's like it's like all right now i'm a protector for this this is my thing this is the thing i need yeah. to be number one thing this is yeah. it like right here mm-hmm. damn well that's awesome man thank you for uh putting i mean i've heard you know the stories but i just that's actually like a big a big deal someone you're like dead and you're just like well me yeah what the f-? you're like oh i'm a dad like what the fuck yeah that, that sounds insane man yeah. that sounds life-changing there, there are sometimes too when i'll i'll just like i said like I'll, I'll just be like looking at her and i'm like oh my god like you're my kid i made you <laughs> holy crap like <laughs> yeah you know it's damn I, I never thought that I would experience that level beyond like getting the final master back for something and listening to it and being like, Oh man, I, I made you with some other people. And, it's and like then, you going into the recording studio to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like going to the recording studio and they don't play you anything back. And then they'll like play you back like something awesome. Like this, you did this. Yeah. You made this. Except this I'm, I'm not going to lie though, dude, making a baby is a whole lot more fun than making an album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. feels a little better. And, uh, <laughs> and like you love the person. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Um, sometimes someone wants to want Taco Bell or something like that. And you're like, dude, fuck you, dude. It's like, I'm trying to, you know, making love. is like, that's one of the best. Yeah. What Anthony's doing right there. There's nothing better. It's like what, uh, Tom Segura always joked about with, uh, so you ever just like leave it in like how good it feels to just to leave it in <laughs> i don't know why that got me so he's like he's all he's all it's it, it's a it's equated to me in my head as the first time you have cheese you're like this is really good it's all the first time someone melts cheese on something you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> but uh no it's awesome man i'm i'm super glad for you that's uh so how long have you and your wife been together uh we met in 2019 nice um, awesome pretty much like you pandemic it together and just went yes. right into it <laughs> so we met in 2019 uh when i was in dallas for a show and then i went back and, and hung out with her a couple weeks later when i was home because i had some downtime um and then we just like we hit it off so well we were like talking every day after we, the day that we mm-hmm. met and everything and then so we started dating doing the long distance thing and then I actually moved to uh, Dallas in 2020 at the beginning of March. And it was like, I moved first weekend. We went to go see Gorod play. And then yeah, the yeah. following weekend, everything, everything was, was done. shut down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh my God. L- like, luckily, we gelled well enough with each other. And then also, like, both of our jobs, uh, day jobs are like essential. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we were both still like working the entire time and stuff, but like everything was closed. So we just spent a lot of time together and like talked about stuff and played games and stuff, you know. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. That's that's like me and uh Trevor too, where I moved in. I was living in Sacramento like alone, went through a big kind of split up thing and got my own apartment for about a year. And then Trevor offered he's like, I got a you know, I have a room open in this awesome house and try to find a job here and come back and i'm like fuck yeah i'm all excited like back with my friends because santa cruz is where i grew up mm-hmm. and so i'm back here and like two months later like done everything's just like gone it's like it's pandemic just hits and i'm just like all right well i came here well at least luckily if i was stuck in my apartment by myself through this that would probably be a nightmare you know like oh yeah dude. not having anyone to really hang out with and stuff and being in a town that i didn't grow up in or 
mm-hmm. have have no friends. I mean, I have like Gabe Seaver. I have, I have friends out there, but it's not like, um, you know, my hometown friends, like the my lifelong friends, you know, that yeah. I've known forever. So I was like, just just under the wire, made it back here, and just was able to have little get-togethers and all the things. But um, yeah, having a, a system in place for that period of time <laughs> sounds um, like amazing, and I, I'm glad you guys created a child from it and. Mm-hmm. Everything's going good, and you guys are killing it. I'm really proud. That's awesome, dude. You're fucking awesome. I love Thanks, it. Dude. I, I yeah, really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, let's, let's probably wrap it up, even though Anthony left and you can't hear him anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thanks thanks again for staying for so long and stuff. And I know we uh, we blabbed for a long time, but it was awesome. And uh, and in Fury, fuck, I saw you guys last time. I saw you guys Santa Cruz that Santa Cruz show when things opened up at the Catalyst. I was mm-hmm. the promoter was my friend, and he was like. He's like, it's going to be on the small room. And then it like, oh, it sold out immediately. We're going to the big room. And that almost sold out. That was like like 100 tickets from selling out the main. Like, we're fucking humongous bands play. It was. Yeah. And I was like, this is the biggest death metal. You were a part of the biggest death metal show in Santa Cruz history, for sure. That was. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was. That's I was blown sick. away. <laughs> I was like, there on, on the upper deck, just like, what the, like, seeing a huge sea of people in Santa Cruz for death metal. And usually there's like eight for death metal. yeah <laughs> it was like eight and me and then all the people that like you know were there with the friends and stuff like that and that's like it you know it's like so it was uh it was really cool that you guys are doing your thing and going out in uk with decapitated doing nihility nihility tour yeah the, <laughs> that, the, that's the snares of, the, of madness album that, yeah the influenced genres of music <laughs> like, yeah um it, that's really cool i've toured with decapitated they're fucking red and vogue one of the coolest dudes i love that guy to get to death you're gonna love that Hell um i'm stoked keep rocking and rolling brother is Thanks. there anything else you want to plug where where do you get merch and stuff uh yeah we've got like merch available on uh indie merch we've gotten merch available on night shift the artisan era store as well um all kinds of stuff just go check it out Fuck yeah. uh and uh yeah we're about to hit the u.s canada and then all over the uk and uh, ireland so if Fuck you're around yeah, come check it out it's gonna be a fucking blast we've got a really sick tour package lined up for both of them and uh this one right you here keep right your ears peeled yes sir and if you keep your ears peeled you might hear some new music very soon oh shit <laughs> fuck yeah man so, well thanks again stevie for coming on i, I really appreciate it thanks um, for having me a lot of cool stories you're a cool dude any bands really stoked to have you man a, a, a person with that kind of ha- like you're, you're very happy you're very nice you're very cool like thanks, any, any band should be lucky to have you so i'm stoked for you man thank you i appreciate it thanks for having me all right man you have a good night peace, peace out guys later